I mean, um, I, I don't know if I ever really did anything before Gumball, to be frank. Like, I never really got much done before. Uh, you but did yeah, a my, lot of stuff. It just didn't get commissioned, I guess. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you could say that. Um, I was literally basically being paid to waste their money at the time. Right. Um, this was AKA. That was AKA. That was my first job in the industry, actually, um, which was really fun. Like, uh, you know, I had a, a good time, just like sort of experimenting. What year um, was that? I came. It was uh, 2003, November 2003. Okay. So about like 12 years ago now. Wow. Mm-hmm. Was that um, Sam showed me this short today that uh, you did? What was it? The Hell, Hell's Kitchen. Oh uh, yeah, that was. Was that before? Or was yeah, that where, while you were there? That was in uh, animation school. I studied right, right. in uh, Angoulême in okay. a school called uh, EMCA. Oh yeah, yeah. And at the time they had like um, like a, a part of the the course that was dedicated to CG. Right, and we did the Hell's Kitchen at the time in three months. After, oh, right, yeah. after learning CG for three months, really. So it was a bit, yeah. I mean, I apologize for the the quality of the no, show. No, it's. Um, I thought it was quite interesting because uh, it looks almost like a bit like stop motion. Yeah, that's the that's the look we wanted to go for yeah. at the time because uh, we well we we were trying to find like a an interesting kind of aesthetic for the yeah. shorts. Yeah, it wasn't because because it's got like kind of film grain look on it. It wasn't until like the camera started moving that I was like, oh, this is CG actually. Mm, yeah, and I was quite impressed because it yeah it was yeah it was from two thousand three, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it's pretty obvious now that it's CG, I guess. But at the time, yeah. I, th- I think, yeah, the, the trick worked. Yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's, it's also really low resolution, the video that oh, I yeah, saw. Yeah. yeah, well, also, I don't think we ever did, like, a big output or anything. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame. There's loads of um, really great films from that kind of era where, like, you... Because people weren't broadcasting HD. Yeah, no, no one, one no one did, did HD, yeah. It was not a, a real format at the time. Uh, but it was it was loads of fun. I did this film with a friend of mine called Renaud Martin, who's really talented and right. it was really fun to work with. Yeah, I liked how the, the one half of it is like this kind of like almost slapsticky gag type mm-hmm. scenario, and then it goes into like paint, like paint on draw on film or something. Yeah, like that. I mean, like you could sort of blame uh, the fact that we we couldn't wrap up the film, right? Okay. <laughs> So oh, the ending is so cool. Actually, yes, it just kind of goes on it. and on. Like, and on. I just yeah. was not. I mean, we we're at the time we were smoking too much weed. We didn't know what we were doing, you know. Um, but yeah, normally, it, like the, the camera was supposed to keep going up, yeah, and then yeah. you would have like full buildings starting to collapse, like dominoes and stuff. And mm. basically, the the chain reaction would continue to go upwards. And um, and the whole like the, the first idea. This is what we were supposed to do, but we ran out of time. Uh, was that in the end, like the flames kept on going higher and higher, and like the clouds were collapsing and the planes right, and stuff. Right, right. And then at the top of it, you would have had God on a little cloud laughing, right. and then because the 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 fire from the town would have caught up with him, yeah, like, he would have burnt as well. And then the move, like the 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 film itself would have burnt, and that would have right. been the end of the movie. Right, right, right. Um, which I think is definitely stronger than what we did <laughs> in the end, but yeah. but we yeah we just winged it and that was that. 
<laughs> no, I liked it. I, it was so, so it was so unexpected. Well, that's the thing, like because I think that there's uh, something fun about also watching those kind of things on the internet because you've got like the um, uh, the bar which tells you how much you've seen of the thing, and it's like mm-hmm. I felt like it finished, and I was like, "What is it? Just going to be really mm-hmm. long credits here?" Yeah, I was yeah. Like, I guess yeah, I'll watch I a little bit longer. Thing. No, it was just a lot of like weird light type of like abstract animation. Yeah. 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 That must have been pretty cool to see in theatres as well, mm-hmm. where it just kind of carries on going and you don't know where it's going to Yeah, I mean, we, we had fun doing it. It's just, uh, it could have done with a bit of editing, obviously. But we liked the song, so we just kept the song yeah. going. It was this Harry Belafonte song, which was, like, awesome. Mm. So mm. we didn't want to cut it. So how long had the, is it, do you say EMCA? Uh, EMCA, yeah. How long that, had that been doing a CG course for when you... Uh, well, I was, I was the second promotion of the school at the time, so it was really... Like that was the second year, oh, like, right. and the course would go on for three years. So you'd study two two uh, D for two years, and then after that, um, you'd do a year of CG, including right. a movie. So which was the what was the first school for CG? Do you, maybe you don't know. I don't know. That. You mean out this? in France? Yeah, I get. I mean, I mean the only one that like has the most striking legacy, I guess, is Super Focom. Right, and when were they? Because uh, Toy Story is like been, ninety-five. They've been going for a while, like okay. like Imagina nineteen ninety-four type of old. Okay. I think that's when right. they like first started, maybe. And was that something that you were interested in, like doing CG, or would you? Yeah, I was actually really reluctant to go into CG. Like, I hadn't seen enough stuff done at the time that you know made me excited about it. Um, and I think that's why we, we shied away from the, the the proper CG aesthetic of the time, which was a bit yeah. more like crude and, or you like people were trying to emulate the Pixar look, I mm. guess, at the time. But um, but we we weren't really into that kind of stuff. Because your background was in um, drawing and stuff, I guess. Wasn't yeah, it? I mean that's that's what I studied at first, and obviously, you know, there's something extremely romantic about like light tables and peg bars and stuff, you know. The, mm. And and I I found the um, uh, I found working on a computer to be a much more like rigorous and unforgiving process. Because, like, at the time, well, even now, really, if you make mistakes in CG, it just, it just is a bit crap, you know? Yeah. Like, whereas there's always, a, there's always like, a, um, there's something charming about the mistakes you make when you draw. You know, it, yeah. it mostly adds to the drawing, I would say. And did you, um, uh, did you apply to any 2D courses? And Yeah, I tried uh, Gobelin twice, got rejected straight up. Really? <laughs> like, no chance to get in. Wow. I, I only started, like, properly drawing when I was about um, 19 years old. Okay. Uh, beforehand, I wanted to be, like... An, uh, Ninja Turtle surfing dude or something, you know, like I didn't have much of a concept of reality at the time. Um, But I studied English, like before doing animation, I studied English uh, literature, American literature actually for for a year. Are you um, fully French? I've got the impression you're half English um, Yeah, no, I'm completely French, yeah, but yeah, 12 years. (laughs) You've been in England for 12 years? Yeah, 12 years of practice in London, yeah. So what... So if you didn't, if you only started kind of getting into drawing when you were nineteen, what was it that, what was the turning point? What made you decide to um, get into it? It was the the fact that my sister uh, told me that there were schools where you could learn animation. Uh, I had no idea that this could be learned. I thought like everyone was some kind of maverick and they got there just through their own pure talent, you know? Yeah. 
I, it never occurred to me that you could just like go to school and earn it. Is, is your sister an animator or works in that My sister, field? yeah, she, uh, she's a computer programmer. She, oh, right, she yeah. works in video games in Montreal. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. And she, your older sister? No, she's younger. Okay. Is this An- Anais? Anais, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Shout she's out. She's in Gumble. <laughs> yeah. She's in Gumble. Well, like, I, I based the characters after my, my own family What members. does she think of that? Are they stoked? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, because the, they are characters. They're not exactly portraits, you know. Yeah. They, I mean, they have the same name, but it pretty much stops there. But some character traits have been exploited. And obviously, the ones that make for the best comedy are not the most flattering character traits. <laughs> right. yeah. So she was not <laughs> she was not super stoked at first, right. yeah. and now now I think she's proud. Like yeah. there's definitely like a spike in um, in babies being named Anais after the show. Oh really? So she wow. can you know she can she can claim it that, that nice kind of fame. Name. Yeah, it's lovely, right? Mm. Yeah, it's an old. Uh, uh, Provençal name okay. from the south of France. Yeah, is that a spike in France or in? No, no, in the US. Really? Yeah, because it's definitely not like a US name, and That's like so now wicked. it's kind of like spiking a little bit, which is funny. Yeah, is, is there a lot of Darwins? Um, <laughs> well, it's harder in the US, isn't it, to in call your child Darwin? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it depends what state you live in. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but um, no, there's no, there's no Darwins. There's no. But there's quite a few cats and fish called, you know, Gumball oh, and Darwin. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Oh, that's wicked. Like, that was quite funny. So she she got you to start thinking about like it being a realistic career. Yeah, basically. Well, she said, "Look, there's this school, and like the people who come out of it, they're awesome." And they all get jobs, which was a big deal for us because I don't come from like a very um, wealthy background. Okay. Um, so yeah, we really needed like that's how I landed in the UK basically, like because I needed a job stat when I left right. uh, animation school. Um, so yeah, like it, it was just the prospect of studying something that I really I always loved before. Because I was, you know, um, like when I was around like 14, 15, I was already into um, uh, into Miyazaki and stuff. Yeah. Like my, my friends had like bootleg um, VHS copies of like mm. Totoro and stuff and, um, and Porco Rosso and stuff. And we were obsessed, but at the time it was like, you know, being a weeb was like pretty weird, you know, like yeah, it was yeah. really niche. Like it developed through the nineties, but at the time it really it really wasn't a big thing. Right. Um so it was hard to find all that stuff. Yeah. And it was always a passion, but I never thought it could be a job, you know. Yeah. Was there Japanese animation on T V in France when you like were younger? a ton. Yeah. I grew up with basically, you know, Hokuto uh, no Ken, like Fist oh, of the yeah, North Fist Star. Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we had like uh for serials on a Saturday. Really? Like yeah, like they bought this thing. I don't know why. I like, heard this, I heard a funny story somebody told me recently that it was something to do with Silvio Berlusconi. Was it? Yeah, like he was involved in oh, selling yeah. a bunch of like he bought a bunch of stuff. I I don't know the story. I have to read yeah. up. Well, yeah, he told me it was like he bought he bought a bunch of stuff from Japan cheap yeah, for and an then an like Italian station because he he ran Rayuno like the Italian mm. uh, national station. And then somehow managed to like syndicate it throughout Europe, and that's why. France and Portugal and, and, uh, and it would make sense like but because basically it's it's an ultra violent show right 
Yeah. It's a mixture of uh, Bruce Lee and Mad Max. Yeah, yeah. And it's full of, like, weird stuff and really violent kills. Head explosions. Yeah, yeah. Fingers through the skull and the chest. It was gruesome. And so they had that stuff. Um, and the, was the blood red? Because I remember there was a certain point yeah, where they were saying white. Yeah, I mean, white, like, for, right? like for the TV, I think they, they turned it into like silhouette, silhouetted blood. So it would be either like pure white or like just pure black or something. <laughs> and um, that which makes looked it even worse. so much weirder, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, and so the way it worked is like they realized that they bought something that was totally not age appropriate. Yeah. But clearly they paid for it. So they were like, we're going to show it now. Um, and what they did was like they dubbed it in French, making all kind of like really silly dad puns and stuff like that. <laughs> and so it was even weirder, like because this guy who was going around this like you know post-apocalyptic wasteland, coming across people and like sticking his fingers in their faces to make them explode, like was then making like the worst puns ever, and like. <laughs> It was so bizarre. So there was there was stuff like there was that there was a uh, Fist of the North Star. There was City Hunter, oh, yeah. which is more of like an erotic comedy as well. Yeah, like yeah. not at all age appropriate, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, like yeah, I mean I grew up with all that stuff, like um, all the um, great Mazinger and stuff like that. Right, yeah. like, and so yeah, that that's. That's, How old were you when that when you were watching that stuff? Like it was the like I kept on watching cartoons. I never stopped. So it started in the eighties, and then I kept on watching. So, <laughs> so what were you like? Twelve or? Uh, no, I would have been like younger. I would have been like maybe eight or nine or something when right, that right, stuff right. was on. Like really not good. Like it wouldn't happen nowadays. And did your parents mind you watching it? No. Well, at the time, everyone know. thought like car- cartoons. cartoons were inoffensive. You know, yeah. no one thought it could be super violent sexual like japanese weird stuff you yeah know? it's the same i remember when like in the 90s when that production company manga started and our parents would buy us like 18 films and 15 films it's been like oh but it's a cartoon like yeah and you'd watch it and it'd be just yeah. the gnarliest and it's stuff Urotsuki dodgy or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you still can't you still can get away with more stuff i think in cartoons now right well, I guess you, you know, probably know better than anybody. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not it's not a it's not an agenda for us to like stick bad stuff into Gumball. But I like you know I like satire in general. So yeah, mm. sometimes we take like a little a little swing at something, and it's true that because it becomes quite um, allegorical when you when you work with cartoons. Mm. Like you don't have to be straight to the point. You can be more like you can suggest themes and you know yeah. and make fun of stuff that way so yeah I, li- I like doing that too but i mean not fist of the north star bad <laughs> <laughs> so when you came over to uk and you said that you were um trying to um get a job or you or did you have a job or did you have an offer already when you came over um at the time there was a guy who offered me and Renault, the guy i made the hell's kitchen with to live in the caravan in some campsite near Calais. Um, like, he was like, well, in I can, yeah, in France, like oh, in, right. near Calais, in, in the north of France. I you said with R. Kelly. Oh, with R. Kelly, yeah. <laughs> I would have said, I, I probably would have said yes to that. <laughs> and then regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but no, no, it was like, it was a weird offer. It was like, yeah, you're going to develop TV show ideas for me and you'll live in a caravan. And we're like, 
you know what? I'd, okay, maybe, but like, can you pay us? And the guy was like, no. I was like, okay, well, no, and then please, thank you. Who was wow. this guy, and where did you meet him? I don't know. I never heard of him again. Like, he, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't the did guys. Just from, it wasn't the guys from Onkama or something like that. Right, it was right. like some you random. Sh- you should like, call the police. <laughs> some shyster, you know? Like, it was just some like, guy you met on in a train station or something. No, somehow I guess like probably at the festival in Annecy, right? Because you know when right. you're a student in yeah. France, like you go camping in Annecy for mm-hmm. like a week, and you you just distribute DVDs of your work mm. around, you know, to get a job. And we must have met him at that time. So were you a massive stoner at university? Uh, back in the days, yes. Yeah. But no longer. Like, we don't do drugs no more. Right. <laughs> do you, have you found that, that, doesn't, that is, that's not very good for uh, coming up with Well, ideas, let's put it that way. I, st- uh, I stopped smoking weed uh, around, like, what, what was it? Like, I must have been, like, 25 or something when I left Studio AKA. And a year and a half later, I had my own show. Right. <laughs> so I think that's so what weed does. Is, yeah, here we go, <laughs> yeah. stoner gentlemen. <laughs> wow. And, uh, it is a slightly counterproductive way to spend your time to smoke weed. You know. So AKA, you couldn't get anything out the door. Yeah. Stop, I mean, stop. I don't really blame weed. I blame the fact that I'm incapable of uh, servicing something that I don't really believe in. Right. And I had like a, profi- a profound aversion for uh, commercials. Yeah. Because like any stoner, I was like a massive lefty as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, what am I doing selling stuff to people that they don't <laughs> want to buy? And, uh, and yeah, was that, was I had an like... actual like ethical issue with like right. making commercials, you know? Right. Like, I had a few clashes, I remember, like, something about Walmart. Like, I had to design, like, a couple of elves for Walmart. And I was really upset because they were selling guns. Yeah, right. And I'm like, you know, but it's, like, shitty, like, um, sort of, like, rebel without a cause kind of, like, attitude. But, yeah. So how long were you designing it? Was you a director there or just a designer? Well, I mean, sort of a director that doesn't direct anything. I was right. I was basically like just pitching all the time and animating as well. And after that guy in Calais disappeared, then what? You oh got yeah, no, that guy we never went for. And then yeah, so rewind. Like so, it's two thousand and three in summertime, and yeah, I really need a job because I'm super broke. Um, and we're in Paris. We're trying to do like some weird steampunk TV show with my friends. Uh, but we have no form of discipline whatsoever. So nothing gets done. Um, there was a funny you know, thing that happened at the time as well. I'll tell you later. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, basically I sent stuff around and I was, I was talking to these guys from, um, Je suis bien content. I don't know if you if you know these dudes, but they were like really cool. Like they're like it's one of my favorite. Production. Yeah, it's a French uh, French uh, studio out in Paris, and they were really cool. Like the the stuff they were doing was really fun. And I was talking to the guy there, uh, Franck, and he was like, "Wow, why don't you guys hang out and stuff?" But again, it was it was going to be more of a a trainee type of position with no money and like. Living in Paris with no money, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, and miraculously, uh, Studio AK got interested, and they offered me a position as a runner. 
So you'd sent them a reel or something? Or yeah, they... I sent them my show reel, basically, and like some illustrations and stuff. Did yeah, you I can, send... I can imagine your film would have been like up right up their street in that area. Yeah, I think like I thought it could be a good match because they're really into sort of animated illustration, really, mm. isn't it? That's their vibe, and um, and I thought, well, that, that, you know, that's really exciting, and 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 I looked at the money they were paying in pounds, and I was like, wow not realizing that London was the most expensive city in the <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, wow, I'm going to be rich. It really wasn't. So were you like, how <laughs> how big was the uh, the whole scene on the internet at this point? Because it wasn't YouTube and stuff. Mm, you, what, you mean like in terms of, no, there was I no mean, YouTube. How were you aware of Studio AKA's work? Well, it's because they, they, they had a website. Um, and I saw some of their commercials uh, in Annecy. Um, and so was really impressed with what they did, you know. And also at the time, like, um, all the rage was like dudes like uh, Philippe Gondry and uh, Chris Cunningham and Spike okay. Jones and stuff. Mm. And they were doing commercials and they were doing like really cool stuff on the side as well. And I was like, oh, I want to do that kind of stuff. That was my idea at the time. So I, I came to London hoping I would be doing like music videos and commercials and stuff. And instead, I just like wasted Studio AK's money. <laughs> you, you must have you must have got something out of it, right? Yeah, I had a lot of fun, and I, it was sort of like an extension of uh, school in a way because I was just experimenting all the time with various like characters and like mediums and stuff. So it was it was really fun. And how long do you do that for? It was like a year or two. I did it for a solid two years and a half, and then I blew a fuse and I left. Right. Just because yeah. you weren't winning any pitches. Yeah, there was that. So it was like my ego was like really bruised up by then. Um, and uh, and also, I mean, I realized this is just, it wasn't what I was going to be successful at doing by mm. then. Um, it's funny because you showed, uh, I was at Pictoplasma a couple of years ago. Yeah. And you showed a bunch of work from, it was uh, actually like a talk old pitches and stuff. Yeah. That, that got incorporated back into Gumball, kind of. Well, yeah, that's that's how Gumball was created. I mm. took characters that I had already been paid to make, mm. and I sold them to another yeah. company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does that, um, did um, uh, is did that AKA ethically have... bad? I don't know. No, is not it? at all. But I mean, like, did AKA have any kind of like? Did they have any problem with you? No, never at all. Right. No, there was no form of copyright or anything. Right, okay. Like, it was just stuff that uh, no one wanted. You know. Right, right. Can I uh, just get back to something you said? Like, you started at the AKA offered you a position as a runner there. Mm-hmm. So, did you start as a runner there then? Well, I was supposed to, uh, but I mean, I, f- I think maybe what they meant is was like because when I turned up, there was another guy that they hired from Spamfocom, a friend of mine called Manu, uh, Manuel Ferrari who works out in uh, Ham- uh, Amsterdam now. Okay. Um, and and he was uh, the runner. So I turned up and I was like, oh my God, they messed up and they hired me and, I, and I'm redundant and, I, right. and I'm in London and I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're like, no, no, no. What you're going to do is you're going to start pitching. And I, I couldn't speak English at the time. Oh, really? really? I, I, yeah, it was really, really bad. Um, sure, for a solid year and a half, I was like Bernardo and Zorro. Where I was just like <laughs> miming stuff. Thank God I was French. I could mime at least. But like, but like, I mean, yeah, I was like a mute. Like I had no idea what people were 
talking about, and they didn't understand a word that came out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty lonely. I read a lot of books in English to yeah. like, train myself, you mm-hmm. know. And, uh, and, and so most of the stuff that you're doing, was it just purely visual? Yeah, at the time it was, yeah, purely visual. Like, I didn't really pick up writing or any of that stuff before I started Gumball, really. Mm. And and then, so straight out of Studio AKA, uh, you somehow managed to get into this development studio, Cartoon Network. Yeah, I mean, I did, a, I did a little bit of floating about in between. Like, I left Studio AKA, I did a bit of freelancing, um... To, like, put a bit of money aside. And that was commercial stuff as well? Uh, yeah, commercial stuff. Uh, where I was just, like, just an animator, like a 2D animator. What, and, can you remember uh, what any of those jobs were? Eh, there was one thing I did with these dudes. Uh, at the time, it was a studio that was called Up the Resolution. Up the Resolution? Yeah, it was... Um, I just wicked that name. <laughs> yeah, it was quite, it was quite cool. Um, they were like cool guys. Uh, like one of them was this dude Griff, um, who who was at Studio AK for a bit yeah. uh, as a director, and then he started his own company with his friends um, Merlin and Dom. Griff and Merlin. Uh, yeah, so it was names, Griff, guys. Merlin, and Dom. Back to back banging names. <laughs> yeah, um, and they were yeah they were doing well. Um, and it was I think it was a commercial for like Space and Space and K is that a thing? It's like a oh, perfume yeah, yeah. shop yeah, of some yeah. sort. And I had to animate this fucking fish that was super poorly rigged, but with like a massive flow into it. It was supposed to be like a Siamese um, fighting fish. Okay, you know. And it was supposed to like move very elegantly, very slowly, almost in slow motion, and have this like twirly tail thing doing right, like, right. pretty things. Like, it was hell. <laughs> but you know, the commercial in the end was lovely, and we're all happy with mm. it. Um, and then my 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 mates from uh, well, they weren't my friends at the time, but like this guy uh, Jacob Shu, who's like a really good friend of mine, uh, was like, oh, we're developing um like a potential um feature film over at studio soy uh near stuttgart Mm. and he was like well it'd be great if you could come over and you're just gonna do illustrations based on the script to like kind of help sell the ideas to uh, Mm. to the to the finance people and so i went over to germany spent christmas there um, just doing illustrations and like coming from commercial, it was quite a shock. Yeah, because they were like, "Oh, you got like five, six days to do your image," and I was like, "What? Like, <laughs> like you you don't mean like six a day? You mean like yeah. one in six days?" Like, yeah. I was like, it was crazy. So I, I was chilling there. I ended up pitching for them as well because okay. I, I felt like I was wasting their money mm. once more. <laughs> How long was you there for? I was there for like two months and a half and really became friends with all the guys there. At the time, this dude called uh, Sashka Unseld was working there as well. Mm. And he uh, he worked on the first um, animation test we did for Gumball before oh, really? he left and uh, worked at Pixar for a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. He did that, you know, you know that Umbrella short film that was yeah. in? Yeah. Oh, is that like him? Like the Pixar stuff, yeah. Oh, the Blue Umbrella or mm-hmm. like Yeah, oh, right. exactly. Wicked. Um, um, and that that first test that you did for Gumball, is that available online anywhere? Uh, yeah, it's on my uh, YouTube thing. Like oh, right, the yeah. fans were like, "Come on, show us the early reel." Yeah, because yeah. I remember you showing it at uh, Pixar yeah. Plasma, and it was yeah, yeah, uh, so close it. to the to the final. 
Uh, yes and no. I mean, like, a lot of it was very CG heavy, wow. which meant that we couldn't really be doing that. Because like, Darwin um, was CG. Darwin it? was CG, for example. And, like, really, like, the design was awful. I don't know what <laughs> I was thinking. Um, I remember at the time, Jacob was telling me, like, are you sure? Because I had the first design of Darwin that was very sort of fish-like, you know, like the fish biscuits yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, with legs. So it was quite iconic. And, like, when he saw the other design, he was gently trying to nudge me in the right direction but I was like yeah. I'm afraid it doesn't work on me once I have something in my head I have right. to nosedive it and realize that it was shit before I change it yeah. right yeah so those guys in AKA did you feel like you uh, sorry in uh, Studio Saw you felt like you had this sort of um, a lot of com- in common with them in terms of like yeah. taste and yeah I mean they were sort of like the um, you could say the Studio AKA of Germany at the time they did some awesome stuff I don't know if you've checked what they've done at the time uh, uh, what, what year would have that been? Huh? What year would have that been? That would have been like 2005, I okay. guess. Were they quite new then? Yeah, they were like an up-and-coming studio at the time. I think the first time I sort of um, was made aware of them was... I think with, they did a short about... Is it called like My Mum the Monster or The Monster and I or something? Oh, they've done stuff before. Like a lot yeah. of stuff before that. Well, they did all the Gruffalo stuff. Right. I know. I'm sure it was before that. Do you know the one I'm talking about? It looks... Uh, it's like a green monster and like um yeah like a, a little like little kid it looks like a little girl or something right yeah and it, it looks sort of um sort like, of like looks painted yeah, cg yeah. right yeah, yeah yeah i see what you mean like text like the textured look um, yeah like if you saw one frame of it you'd, you'd think it might be like an illustration yeah like one of one of those digital illustrations yeah yeah i think that's the first thing i remember seeing mm. from them and then, like, Gruffalo and all that stuff. Well, you should check out, like, they've done some stuff, like... I was a big fan of... Uh, uh, I mean, I still am, obviously, of Jacob's work. Um, Jake, uh, Jacob Shue. He's, like, really, really talented. Mm. Like, the first thing I saw from him was this stuff called Bunnies, uh, which was something like a little short mm. Iden thing he did for MTV. Mm-hmm. And it was rad. Like, it was really, really good. Yeah. And is he the founder of Studio Soy? Yeah, he was one of the founders. Like, I mean, they don't work together anymore. He moved on to do other stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, like, I mean, these guys were the bomb at the time. Right, yeah. yeah. And also there was this dude called uh, Johannes Weiland, who was a friend who was also like an animator at AK. This is how I met all these guys. Oh, okay. Because they were like, so like AK was representing them at the time. Oh, okay. Or maybe right. they still are, actually. I haven't checked, but... Um, but yeah, and like Johannes had done this um, this uh, short film called Annie and Boo, that was really lovely animated, you know, like lovingly animated, mm. and um, and won loads of awards and stuff. And he was trying to turn that into a feature at the time. Oh, okay, I take it. it didn't. So yeah, that's what I was working on at Studio Sorry. Did they, they didn't go anywhere though? No, in the end, it didn't get made. It's one of that's those, sadly. Mm. It's a shame. I, th- I think it would have been great. Mm. So you got into this development uh, thing? Yeah, so what happened is, like, meanwhile, the boss of AKA, Phil Hunt, tells me, look, they're opening this development studio in London. And he was like, I think this is your thing. Like, you're going to be really into that. And it's true, I was, like, obsessed with Cartoon Network stuff when I was in animation school. Like, I I remember seeing Samurai Jack and loving it. And, like... And the Pop of Girl movie was awesome, like so, like dynamic mm. and stuff. Um, so yeah, it already had a big influence on me. But I never, I, I don't know. Like basically, the way they recruited people was really weird. They were like recruiting only on CV, 
And I was like, well, I haven't done anything, so <laughs> that's that. You so know? they weren't looking at people's portfolios? At the time, like, that's not what it looked like. It looked like they only wanted your CV first, and then maybe they would ask you for a portfolio. And I was like, well, if that's the way they're going to do it, I have no chance in hell. And this was it. for an artistic job? Yeah. I know, it's a weird yeah. way, right? Yeah, I right, agree. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I thought, well, you know what, that one is not for me, and that's mm-hmm. that. Um, but then... My dad forced me to send a CV because um, I think he didn't. He really didn't like me being freelance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> freaked him out a little bit. Yeah, and um, and I did, and then I had to do a test over Christmas, and I was like, "Come on!" And he forced me to do the storyboard test, and then I got hired miraculously. So what was the storyboard test? What, what, what uh, oh, it was like a little, like a little test based off uh, one of the TV shows they were co-producing at the time. I can't remember. I think maybe Kid Robot. No, it's not Kid Robot. I can't remember. It's like Robot Kid. I think that's what it was. Hmm. Um, it was like a co-prod that was being made in Paris um, <clears throat> with, I think, I think Bob Camp from uh, Ren and Stimpy was supposed to direct that. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... And so, yeah, so I got hired and then I came back to London and started working as a development artist. Um, And the idea was that I would be there to help people, you know, pitch their projects. So I'd be like a bit of a Swiss knife, you know, because I could Mm. do a bit of animation, a bit of design, a bit of background, a bit of board, whatever they Mm. needed me to do. And I was doing that. Um, So you were just just there to assist what people who pitched ideas to Cartoon Network... On yeah, spec or basically, whatever. yeah. Some like usually it would be like a writer or something who didn't necessarily have the visual skills, you know. Mm. Like, and we would help them like put a bible together or something. And and how many of you were there who were doing that? Um. So wait up. It was like there was Dave Needham, Chris Garbutt, Alan Kerr as well, Ricky Asbjorn, Charlie Bean, Sylvain Marc. Uh, me and Tom Parkinson. So it would be like, yeah, maybe nine artists. Mm. Mm. Wow. And did all of you have sort of experience with putting together a Bible? I mean... <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Did any of you have experience um, putting together a Bible? This is the thing, you know, like, I don't know if anyone is ever like a, an, a, a, a specialist at putting together show Bibles. Mm. Like, there's a little bit of a nomenclature, I guess. Is that mm-hmm. like... Is that yeah. British? Like, can I say that in English? Yeah. yeah like, so does it like a format, basically? Mm. Uh, but um, but then it's about what the project is and what it looks like and how funny and interesting it is. So mm. it's not there's no real rule. There's not so, one way of doing. Yeah, it. it's more about like the good ideas oh. and the good visuals that will go mm. with it. You know, I think that's what it was down to. Were, were any of those uh, successful? Did any of them get turned into anything? Um, well, one of them now is is uh, getting made at Nickelodeon by Chris. Like he ended up getting it back from Cartoon Network and is now doing it over in Burbank. Okay, do you know um, what that's called? It's called uh, Pinky Malinky. Oh, I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. what does it look like again? It's like a sausage kid. Right, that was from because <laughs> I remember there was. Um... It's a sausage kid, like, yeah. and it's a it's a bit like a. Um, like a mockumentary, like yeah, yeah, <coughs> yeah. Because there was it's funny. He's really good, Chris. I love him. The, but um, was that the same? Because I remember there was like uh, Sylvan had 
something. It was Vern on vacation. Yeah, Vern on vacation. It was R- Ricky had something, right? Was it called Little Ricky? Or? Yeah, Little Ricky, which was based on their childhood and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then there was yours. But it before that, when you guys were all helping other people, uh, did beforehand, any of well, there was there was like a project that I think would, could have been really cool from um, uh, Pete Candeland. Oh, really? Um, but I think he was really busy with other stuff anyway. Yeah, that would have been. And he was really. I think he really wanted to move over to New York anyway. Right. Um, and there was. Yeah, there was other stuff, but I don't fully remember what they are named. That sounds now. like such an exciting time. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome, it like man. The... I thought I thought we were starting the new Pixar or something. Yeah, right, you know, because yeah. there were so many talented people together. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, if these dudes yeah. stick together, like it's gonna be like maybe the mm. Pixar of Europe or something. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, like totally. people go on to do like bigger stuff. And was everybody that. working really hard? They were really inspired and really. Yeah, funny. people were busting their chops, and also yeah. we were like really well treated. Like it mm-hmm. was, it was, um, it was uh, helmed by this dude that I still work with called Daniel Leonard. Who's really good at nurturing talent and like and spotting talent? I think. Um, I, I I think because I worked at Cartoon Network when I was uh, about I got an internship there when I was about eighteen, and I think that guy caught me stealing blue pencils out of the cupboard in uh, Cartoon Network. Really? Who yeah. Daniel? Yeah, yeah, like bald guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't say anything about it, but I know he definitely <laughs> raised a wry eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not the kind of stuff he cares about. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, don't so. worry. You're, like. You, you can still meet him. It's not going to make you pay for <laughs> you that. You guys smoking weed and stealing blue pencils. Like, it's all coming out on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah. Rebels. Um, but sorry, yeah, you were saying uh, um, you went with Daniel Leonard. Yeah, and like, so it was him and, um, and another exec called, uh, uh, called Susan Berman. And these guys were like really good at like letting people try, out, uh, try stuff out, you know. But at the same time, they knew what the network was looking for. So they were like trying to like find the right angle for each artist to like mm. pitch an idea. And everyone got to do their own, um, their own pitch, like. And, you know, you, you have to look at it, like, just from a money point of view, it's a very serious investment because mm. you're paying people for, like, three, four, six months to just do one thing and mm. show it to the network. And so it's a lot of faith. And so I was very appreciative of that. Oh, yeah. Like, how long did, from the time when they decided you guys are going to put together a Bible, how long did that take? To, uh, well, it was like, it, you, could, you could say it was like a two-step kind of um, process. Mm. So you, you'd get like maybe a couple of weeks to whip together a quick pitch, like, you know, really like something you could just discuss verbally, mm. you know, without going into fine details, mm. but with like maybe a little image of what it could look like, mm. a little illustration. And so, yeah, I think I took like a week or a couple of weeks to do mine, the, the first gumble pitch. Mm. Um, and then once that... Uh, got them excited like I think I worked on the bible and the the animation test and um, all that stuff for about and uh, oh yeah because we did like a full um, animatic for an episode as well with Mm. music and voices and stuff so I think it went on for like a solid seven months or something really wow yeah that's uh, but I mean in that time you produced what was it like a two minute Proof of concept as well. Yeah, right? there was like the the fully uh, finished like two minute animation mm. test that we did over at Soy. Okay, that was all done at Soy. Yeah, um, and also um, yeah, the animatic, wow. which was the thing that took the longest because yeah, 
because it was really hard to put together an episode of something that you don't really know much yeah. about, you know? Yeah, that was something I was going to ask, actually, because I, I rewatched the um, the Gumball, whatever, pitch two-minute film mm-hmm. today, and I was thinking, it's great, and like you get a sense of the characters and where they, where they were and how they kind of got to where they are now, but mm-hmm. the show itself didn't really... There's nothing really that would I would have guessed I would have turned into like a family sitcom like the the parents weren't featured in it no you yeah get it was an idea of a sh- show structure was that decided afterwards or did you have that in mind before no no it was just like at the time I really wanted to show with the the fully finished animation mm. test I really wanted to show like the the full potential spectrum mm. of animation we yeah. were gonna be exploiting so I, I just wanted to get people excited about the visuals. Yeah. Like, with that with that piece, I think. That was the idea. Right. Because it, I mean, it is technically a pitch, so you, you got to sell the thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And I was like, look, it looks, it's weird, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Like, that's what I was hoping people would see. So in the, in the, the episode animatic, it was more, it looked closer to what the final thing we know today is. I guess so, kind of, Yeah. I mean, some stuff have been modified, obviously, but mm. like on the whole, yeah, I think it's quite close to what the show ended up being. Okay, in. so it had like the parents in it and stuff like that. Mm, uh, oh, you mean like in the the animatic? The yeah, yeah. The animatic. Eh, I don't know if the parents featured. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, maybe they did. Yeah, I think they did. Okay. Like you would get the idea of who they were as a family. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was. Um, how, what was the reason to, I mean, like you said, you sort of looking back, you didn't like the design of Darwin and that's why it changed maybe, mm-hmm. but was the, the two main characters did change quite considerably. Was what was the reason? Well, b- between season one and two, you mean? Oh, or? no, no, f- from the, the pitch uh, film oh, yeah. to the final thing. Yeah, I don't know, like, I, I just wasn't, like, I, I was very, I, I was lacking confidence, I think. Yeah. I was like, some other characters were obviously strong and iconic, mm-hmm. and I was trying to find the equivalent for the main uh, family. Right. Um, and weirdly, I was resisting this desire to make them look like Japanese mascots. Right. Which was, re- I think, is like really the inspiration for what they look like now. Yeah. Um, so I was like... I don't know. Do you I mean like was, brand mascots for like yeah, exactly. rice cakes or something yeah. like that? Yeah, that kind of it's, stuff. Or like Doraemon or like, you right, know, that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. That I, Like those iconic, lovable, huggable, yeah. bubble gummy things. You yeah, because I was looking at today and it really just struck me that like every, nearly every character in it, like Banana Joe is like pretty much the same. Yeah, they haven't design, changed much. But yeah. only the main two characters were the one. And I, I would have thought that would have been the... The mm-hmm. two that would have been like, no, these are the guys, sort of thing. Yeah, at first I really wanted them to be um, sort of like sixteen bit looking. Oh, really? That was like that's what I wanted them to look like, and then it turned out I was like, Phew. I mean, it's gonna be weird on the long run. Mm. It's gonna look cool visually, but then it's gotta be something that I don't know. You can you can get a lot out of. So yeah. you, somehow I had to bring them back to something uh, a bit more cartoony. Mm. You know? It sounds like your experience there is like quite unique. There's not many people who have the experience of... I mean, how many pitches did you help put together before mm, you... I must have worked on like maybe four stuff. Oh, right, okay. Like, but you saw, it was, you it saw was more stuff. It was only a year stuff, before I pitched Gumball and then I went on to do it, so... Right. 
But so you, 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 year, maybe yeah. you saw more than four, or was it just for the whole time? Yeah, I think some other guys were like working on other pitches, yeah. and I was like quite jealous because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, well, "This one's better than the one I'm working on," <laughs> <laughs> which was entirely my fault. I should have made it better. Than them. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but but I guess you you could kind of see you know any anything that was good and any kind of potential mistakes that were happening. Yeah. It was almost like a dry run or something. Before uh, you oh, anything. you mean like the, the like the way I saw them do something and like how it made me not want to do the same thing or something? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like there was, yeah, there's a, there, there, hmm. you, there was like four. Like I guess most people who pitch a series kind of, you know, they pitched like the first the first time they're pitching something. That's the first time they pitched anything. Mm. Um, whereas you'd maybe had like four yeah, dry I runs guess, or something. Yeah, I had a few. Yeah, I had, had a few trial runs, I guess, mm. by helping other people. Yeah, you could say that definitely helped out. Mm. And and you yeah. learned a few things, I guess. Like, yeah, but normally you see, like, I think that's the kind of stuff that someone would learn by working on a show before pitching their own show, mm. which is not something I had done. I'd never worked on the show before. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I guess you you'd had the experience with the pitching side of things but not necessarily with the yeah, actual making exactly. it yeah. side of things which turned out to be quite a grueling re- uh, reality check yeah. when I actually got the show greenlit I was like yeah I'm awesome at selling stuff now and I don't know how to make it yeah. but what did they say when you changed <laughs> the designs of the main two characters were they bothered mm, by that no nothing like they weren't fussed I think the, gen- the the gist of the show was the same so they weren't like you know right. they didn't have a problem with it okay also I think really at the time no one believed that we would amount to anything right because we weren't based over in Burbank so mm. we weren't on anybody's radar yeah you know no one was really like policing what we were doing mm. like we were quite free to do what, what we wanted what was this even when it had been commissioned yeah, when we got commissioned, we set up our first studio. Like, no one was really overlooking what we were doing, you know. I mean, there were, like, a few presentations because it was a fair amount of budget, you know, to make a, to get a show yeah. going. But and is that, do you think that was a different experience than what the guys at in Burbank were? Uh, I don't know. Against? I think, like, you know, because I've met the, the execs over in Burbank and I've met the guys like Penn and uh, JG and all these guys oh, doing, yeah. like... Um, regular show adventure time and or rebecca and that's pretty exciting like how how, how was that yeah i mean i was like oh my god your studio is so much better than ours (laughs) (laughs) we work in some kind of weird call center i mean you guys came you know like it's like (laughs) (laughs) i mean we're closer to let's just say they're we're closer to the english office and they're closer to the american office (laughs) right yeah (laughs) um because yeah, that would have been around the same time as Adventure Time being commissioned and stuff, right? Yeah. Though Adventure Time came out before. Okay. Like the, the first season of Adventure Time. And then even regular show, because we were late on production, we, we messed up. Oh, okay. Like we, we, you know, we crashed and burnt it a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, we saw uh, Adventure Time and regular show and we're like, awesome. Like it's, that's the channel we want our show to be on. Yeah, Clearly, yeah. like it, it, fits the panel doesn't yeah, it yeah. Like, so we were excited about that and um what do you know so after you left to kind of like once uh gumball got green lit mm. uh how long did the studio stay open in london for the cartoon network development the development studio i think it kept on going for like another couple of years or so okay yeah but but gumball was the only thing that was ever commissioned out of that 
Yeah, but then again, um, I think all the guys that were involved with the development studio went on to do their own stuff mm-hmm. later on. They'll, like Charlie ended up directing Tron. Uh, Chris is doing his own show right now with Ricky. They're working together. Yeah. Uh, Dave went on to do stuff over at DreamWorks, I think. So, so when he got commissioned, like, what did you have a, a big party? Yeah, but I mean, I, f- I felt like see, that's the thing that was a bit like warped in some respect is that because everyone was pitching at the same time, it developed like a form of spirit of competition. Right. Which I think ended up like quite detrimental to the studio in general. But um but yeah, I, I certainly partied. Yeah. <laughs> and how long but did you have the other until guys, they the told other you? The other guys were bummed out, you know, like that means oh, yeah. oh their their stuff is not getting made because mm. there's only one that can go forward with the oh, budget. Right, that's how it works. So, they so, so everybody like, pitched at the same time and you all heard back at the same time. Yeah, and it was like it was quite mean, you know. Like they were so, they were all so strong. I remember, like when they, when I saw them all pop up online, I was just like. But you're talking. You're probably talking about the second batch, though. Oh, okay. I think I was at the time. I can't remember who was pitching what, but I think it might have been Little Ricky and like another. I think it was just maybe just Gumble and Little Ricky at the time. Okay, right, right, like, yeah. And I've, I've, I felt really... I mean, they were obviously very gracious. They're, we're still friends and stuff. But I felt I felt bad for them. Yeah. And so how did the how did the news come through? And uh, how long did you have to... Well, it was very uh, X-Factor-ish. <laughs> like, you <know. laughs> yeah, you'd go into like the room and they would go, well, we have to tell you that... You know, with like weird yeah. suspense before yeah. telling we're you. We're going to go through a quick break. For, All right, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to tell you that you're in trouble now because your show is commissioned, kind of thing. You know? <laughs> it's like, don't play with my nerves. Like, it's been like seven months of like busting my chops, yeah. getting something made. Like, don't toy with my feelings. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. But yeah, no, I was super excited. I called like my yeah. mom, my dad, my sister. Like they, they were the first people I told, you know. Right, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> this is more whiskey being poured in because you didn't hurt that's a good the two, glug, that's glug, a, glug that's of a good, the bucket that's a good of whiskey. Fingers there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, then, and then how long did you have before you had to start making it? Uh, well like first off I think we like I spent three months like pretty much by myself starting to like write stories uh, develop the characters like give them a bit more like depth um, it was mostly writing at this time and also like starting hooking up with the people I would want as a, as a team on the show and did you have complete control over who you were able to hire uh yeah I mean like I wanted to hire I mean they they wanted someone with experience because I had none um and and so I I decided to ask the the guy who was like um my mentor really at Studio AK Mick Graves um and weirdly he said yes I mean he probably regrets it now <laughs> <laughs> he he uh, he worked on Monkey Dust before right Is exactly right? so he had a TV series experience right. Um, I mean, uh, he was he was an art director on uh, Monkey Dust, but it was it was really interesting Monkey Dust. I I really liked the yeah. concept. I I it was wish a bit someone, hit and miss, wasn't it? 
Yeah, but I wish someone um, did the same nowadays. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like you just provide people with scripts. I mean, whether the scripts are good or not mm. is a matter of you know writing. Mm. But it was so interesting to like do this like omnibus of you know various styles. People yeah. are given like you know a portion of the show to make, and they just do it. I mean, imagine if we like did something like that with you guys. And like I don't know CRCR, yeah, yeah. and like you know, like and you just like dish out stuff, and people like do it. They were really doing it like on their own time, pretty much mm. as well, you know. And I, I don't know. I mean, like th- there's obviously a tendency in England to like shoot down anything that's English. Sadly, yeah, <laughs> really. Like, yeah, I've how do you mean? I don't know that there's, there's a form of like of pride in like people trying to like really do something. Like I think it's, it comes from the sarcastic nature of the English man. <laughs> <laughs> so what you mean shoot down something that's well, English? Well, like, you know, like say Guy Ritchie, like is a, a famous topic that yeah, yeah. I always clash against uh, against the, the opinion of English people on that. I'm like, yeah. does the, the dude's done films I really like, right? Yeah. I, and I think he had like a really cool style and it was awesome and you know the second one is like Mr. Bean everyone loves to hate Mr. Mm-hmm. Bean yeah, yeah, in yeah, England yeah. and I'm like dude I it's fucking amazing man. I fucking love it like I and had so Roman... much fun watching this with my parents you know yeah to me, it's like Mr. Bean is like on par with like The Simpsons and stuff, you know, in terms of like family experiences. Yeah. It was awesome. It's a, it's a kind of snobbery, I think, that Mr. Bean stuff, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, I really like uh, Rowan Atkinson's earlier work from Blackadder. And then, <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Bean. It's like, how amazing that that guy can do that and fucking this. Yeah, well, he's glorious. Time. He's yeah, really talented. Yeah, you're like, right about Guy Ritchie as well, because like some. Adam and Joe used to rip the piss out of him so badly. Yeah, man. but the thing is, like, you look at some like his uh, his uh, Sherlock Holmes movies. I dig them. I like them, man. His, his they're what? fun. Like the which one? Sorry, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Like, oh right, I've seen, I've seen the first one. They're fun, man. Like the two yeah. movies I watched them. I'm like, yeah. this is like totally good blockbuster entertainment. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And okay. like stuff like uh, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels, mm. and stuff, and uh, the Snatch, and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I'd like those. Two like films, to yeah. this day, I'm like. This was great. Yeah, yeah. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, and what? And you think that's that kind of mentality of just knocking someone who's done it? Yeah, that's the thing. If it's not like perfect, it. you know. Yeah. Um, but that's not this. I don't think that's the same for everything. I think that I, I do think it's this kind of snobbery because people are not like that about The Office, for example. In the yeah, same exactly. Way I don't think. And I, and I'm and and that's when I usually clash with like American guys who are like, I mean, clash. We have a discussion about it, <laughs> where, I, where I, I do most of the talking. <laughs> but like, um, but when they go, oh, you have to watch the American Office, and I'm like, you know, what? I don't think I do. Like <laughs> the English Office is like that's it. It's like yeah. a monument of comedy. Like, have you, have you not watched the American Office? I watched it. Yeah, I, I ended up binge watching it when it was on Netflix. Say, you have to watch the American <laughs> Office. Yeah. And I and I and it's I I stick to stick. my guns, man. Like I think the English Office, like, just is yeah. way better, like, artistically yeah. and in terms of emotions and stuff. It's mm. all there, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that, this is a can of worms. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, <laughs> see what you guys are like. That's because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're not the English. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I like the original English Office. I do think that there's something about 
um, the American one where it has a bit more longevity almost. It feels like, especially in the later, you know, the later series and stuff, you start getting a little bit more into... There's something about British... uh, comedy series that they famously only run for a couple of series mm-hmm. right whereas american ones tend to go on for a little bit yeah long. very long winded more money though it's, and it's less of a risk in it to invest in a new series yeah but i do think that there's you, you i think that you know in in to make a very general statement you can get a lot more kind of deep into those characters if you explore them for longer and i think there's almost something in a lot of american comedy where they're kind of like foreseeing going further or longer mm-hmm. with those characters and therefore they're kind of like building that depth in from the beginning yeah that's my theory about it but i do think that the yeah, it does make i do sense. agree with you that the british office is better than the american one but and um so yeah that was one uh, that was one thing i was thinking about um is that like in in the series uh have you ever directed an episode it's always been mick well, I mean, it's it's kind of like a shared thing. Yeah. Like, I, I would say, like, on series one, it was much more like um, like something we collectively, like, we, you know, we really worked at a, as a duo, like, all mm. the time. We, we would sit through meetings together and stuff. Mm. Um, but the reality of production means that we can't really work side by side all yeah. the time. Um, so, yeah. We we developed like a, a system where I'm basically I'm mostly in charge of pre-production, right? And he's mostly in charge of production, and that that would be so that would that would mean like I'm in charge of like writing all the way up to the animatics, mm-hmm. um, and then it I, it sort of gets passed on to make at this stage was really supervising the. Animation backgrounds, um, compositing, um, mm. mixes, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Does he have any involvement in the uh, the animatic stage? Uh, I mean, we we try as much as we can. Like, I mean, you know, I'm always happy when we get a shot at like working together. Like when we're on board together. Mm. Like he works on storyboards. Like he gets to do at least one pitch okay. on each storyboard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we we basically split uh, the work in in half, I guess. Mm. So in that respect, I would say he's more of the director because he's directing people. Yeah. Whereas I'm more like sort of um, control freaking over the crew I'm working with. Right, right, guess, right. You know, and is that a small so I get like I get my hands into like writing. Like yeah. I write jokes like yeah, every yeah. day, and I and I draw storyboards with the guys right. during storyboard pitches, right. and I correct the design when you know, like because I'm in charge of like the character design as mm. well. Um, and and I ask for changes on the animatics and the voice direction and the music. So mm. I set it up in a way. Um, that sounds a lot like being a director, though. Yeah. Because like in the whenever I looked at the credits, um, well, it's a weird thing that is it, it always because it says I'm show creator and exec yeah. producer, but yeah. in 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 the US, for example, that means I'm the showrunner, so I'm in right. charge. I guess you could see it like that way. I'm the showrunner, and he's the director. Yeah. You right? Know okay. I mean? yeah, like yeah. You could say that. Okay. Yeah. I suppose that isn't really. Um, uh, I suppose in Britain it doesn't have the hold the same weight. I'm still, I still, I'm still enti- not entirely sure yeah. what like because basically what I do is, I guess I'm like 
the main writer mm-hmm. of the show because I, I write on every single episode. Uh, I'm the, the, the storyboard supervisor of the storyboard supervisor. It's weird to define this. It's like, well, mm-hmm. I'm the show creator and I work on the show and I right, create right. the show, I guess. That's yeah, the yeah. best way to describe it. Right. So you're working on, is it season four? Now, now I'm doing five. Five. Like shit. we're wrapping up. Wow. Uh, we're wrapping up four. Uh, so hopefully the episodes get delivered like mid January max. Like that's that would be like the finale. And you're writing season five. Yeah, and boarding and stuff. And I they've already started. I think layout and stuff like that on five. So what was your day like today? What you uh, what did I do today? Um, what did I do today? <laughs> Uh, oh, I was in storyboard for the morning, um, and then I was doing anim- uh, an animatic in the afternoon. So, so that's you. So, is that storyboarders presenting their storyboards to you and you yeah. feeding back? On yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, like pitching is like a, like a really cool thing, actually. And it's like I think that's something we stole from the U.S. process. It's really not something people do in in Europe in general. Uh, but basically, yeah, you you go through the storyboard frame by frame, and you do the voices, and you do the timing, and you you know you really get an idea of what the episode is going to feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's recording the voices and uh, no, no, without recording anything. Oh, right, it's okay. just like just the storyboard, and we mm-hmm. see we get a first feel of what the episode is going to be like. So we eat, this is how many storyboard people are are doing this? I assume you're talking um, about them doing it to you. Every yeah, every board artist does it. Yeah. Uh, we we're working with about four or five people right now. Um, and does everybody have like their own versions of the voices for the characters? Yeah, and stuff? I mean, you know what animation people are like. They're, they're not like show business people, are they? You put them on the stage, they they tend to freeze. But they're really getting into it because you you can see as because we do three pitches per storyboard. So that means um, that means like the more the corrections arrive and the more they know the episode themselves and stuff the more uh, confident they become at pitching it and then it becomes really interesting usually by the third pitch they're like rocking it they're doing the jokes the voices the timing like super well and by this stage you know that the episode's going to work out you know that's an interesting thing that you think that the pitching process is really important and yet you're also saying that it doesn't necessarily come naturally to a lot of animators because you you have to be like a bit of a showman right and let's face it animation are nerds by essence they would love to be actors or something but they're they're either too ugly or too shy or something and they hide (laughs) behind a pencil you know they hide behind another character and there is no like the the sound of their voice is never heard and you know but you think it's important to kind of push him into that area to kind yeah, of yeah, I think so. You know? Like specifically when it comes to comedy, I think because these guys, like no matter how shy uh, shy they are, they're all like really funny, you know. Mm. Um, and you only get to discover that when you hang out with them or they get a bit drunk or something. But um, but in truth, when they when they get in, when they become confident through experience, like. Uh, at pitching, like they, they become really good at it, you know. And sometimes it's like treacherous because you realize a guy is actually funnier than the material we have at hand. Right. That's happened before, mm. you know. And does that kind of trick you in a way? Yeah. Well, then it's like, wow, we're gonna have to get that exact same performance from everyone, and it's really hard to like mm. um, to force actors to like 
slavishly repeat things exactly the way you want them to be. And I guess it quite often happens the other way around as well, where you think maybe this person hasn't quite got the performance aspect of it. But yeah, I can I can usually tell if like it's working, but they're like, uh, and then uh, Gumball uh, goes through the door, uh, you know, like, and then just not selling it because yeah. they're like, and I see the like trembling little finger yeah. over the forward uh, button on the keyboard, like, um, you know, the, you know this kid, uh, Oliver, uh, Ollie, Oliver Am- uh, Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, he was on one of the early podcasts. Actually, it's funny because we've got uh, we've had Ollie Hamilton on the podcast uh, and yeah. Guillaume Casito. Well. Oh, Guillaume as well. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. But like, yeah, Ollie was like pitching this morning, and he didn't sleep for the like the night before because it's like, because I think it's just too much for you know, <laughs> like for people to sit behind his back and judge what the episode is. I think yeah. it's like a lot of weight on your shoulders, yeah, yeah. you know. But if you hear this, Ollie, you're really good at it. You're gonna do great, mate. He's he's wicked, and I'm like, it's so wicked to see his progression because he started in layout, right? Mm. And Gumball. did he? I thought he was like. What did he do? Did he like build scenes or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's he was like flash scene builder, which yeah. is like really our like super junior entry yeah, yeah. position on the show. And then he did because we don't have a right? runner because like we change our own toilet paper. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like Ollie was hired. Like we didn't really know if he was gonna cut it, you know. Um, and then he really worked his way like towards design, and then he yeah. was like, you know what, like. I think instead of like going into designing, I want to I want to be a storyboard guy. Mm. And I was like, "Good call, man, because you're funny." And yeah, he's yeah, funny. he's wicked. Yeah. He's um, I've I've recently like not got so tight on like people's blogs and checking back and that. And every mm. now and again, I like I go, "Oh, I'll check some stuff," and I see Ollie's, and Ollie's is just like he just jumps in quality like mm. from every time I look at his stuff. It's amazing. Like, I think I've I've noticed that a few people who work at Gumball actually is that. It's like a wicked school. Like, as soon as they start on Gumball, like, you know, the next year, their animation's better. Their oh, but they came, in, they came in really talented in the first place, though. Yeah, but you can Let's still see... But it's still like they're, they're getting sharpened there. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Well, practice, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of practice going on. <laughs> yeah, but you're practicing quality work. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess, like, a, a lot of people end up pushing their limits. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm constantly, like on the verge of uh, my threshold of competence like constantly like really? i'm never in my uh, comfort zone ever really? on this show yeah and i think it's actually the nature of the show is that it's going to be hard forever to mm. make right which sucks a little bit in terms <laughs> in terms of everyday life but maybe once we're old and we look back we're like well we did a good job yeah. even though now my liver is shot and, uh, <laughs> and my mean, back is ruined <laughs> I think the other kind of like compliment I'm going to pay you is that like it seems like you I mean I don't know how involved you are in like getting the the talent in or I, I I get a I get a um, I get an eye on it like yeah. specifically when it comes to like board artists designers specifically designers yeah writers specifically writers Yeah cuz Guillaume was saying that he was working in comp and you was like uh he mentioned on like one of the previous podcasts that mm. You was like, oh man, you think you're a funny guy? Like, you want to try your hand at a script yeah. and stuff, which is like crazy. Like, why? Not crazy, but um, sorry, un- kind of unheard of that. Like, someone working in a completely different department gets a shot at doing something else. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I dislike the idea that like someone would get pigeonholed and do yeah, like yeah. only well, yeah, one thing. It, yeah. You know, like 
I think it's unfair that like someone would be really good at uh, being a comp supervisor and mm. then like a really funny guy and you would never give him a shot at writing. I think. Yeah. Also, you know, there's no risk. Like he just like spent a day in the writing room and I was mm. like, we'll just like sit there and like see if you can mm. think of something funny, bring it. If not, just don't interrupt. Yeah. You know, and... Um, but I mean, honestly, that is like to your credit that's incredible that you've you think that way and you're willing to test that like we've just on day to day in the way that in the industry work we work in mm. like you'll get people who will go oh we want that guy to work on this can we have a look at his reel or like we want this guy to work on this can i can you do a test thing or whatever and yeah. it's like there's no there's almost no faith but it's a different uh, it's a different machine though isn't yeah. it because you're you're going to be like in commercials going to be working on like a very short period of time whereas we anyway have this massive work to mm. go through so that means that you know like if someone like someone can like sit in a room for like two days mm. and then they'll catch up on the weekend or something you yeah know? like so the doors can stay open you know it's mm. it's not the same time pressure you get in commercials because yeah. i remember commercials being specifically the 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 school of getting something done on time mm. you know like there's no way around it mm. and and tv show is the same but it's much more dilated isn't it yeah so there's a bit more like buffering Breathing. space yeah and you, I, I think that's why we can afford to to give a shot at people but like we got this this dude which is awesome as well i don't know if you know him called uh, antoine perez um I pronounced his name like no, um, I'm American, but he's Antoine Perez. Is he a writer? Uh, he was uh, he was our um, assistant director, and he he really started as um, background uh, artist, and mm-hmm. then took over background as supervisor, and then he became um, an art director with me. Mm-hmm. He was in charge of like uh, backgrounds and um, and comp. And um, and now we're like pushing him into being a director. That's great. Yeah, so, so there'll good. be like a third one, which we really need because like, oh, so we're old current. and we're tired. <laughs> you know. Oh right, so uh, he'd be the first addition to that. Yeah, thing. he'll be like an actual director on the show, like oh, the wicked. same way Mick and I are. That's know? wicked. Yeah, but I guess like in a way, you came from um, from mainly from kind of like an art background and then you moved into writing mm-hmm. so it's not like totally counterintuitive yeah i guess i don't people are yeah, able to I don't, make those yeah i don't see people's limitations in that way yeah mm. and how did you how did you find it moving into writing i guess coming from sort of mainly i'm assuming that you've come mainly from sort of yeah the visual side well i guess i, I did like very <clears throat> literary studies before getting into art right. but um and I've always loved movies and books and comic books and stuff like that. But um, but I had no idea what I was doing. And, I, and to this day, I'm not entirely sure I know. No. Like, it's, it's bit- every story I write, I'm like, how the hell did we do it the last time? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like every story. Really. Guillaume was saying that you had a couple of... Um, sort of recommendations at least for him to look into before he started working on the show. He was saying, was it Save the Cat and Solstein? Solstein? Uh, Solstein, yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, they are like basic kind of like run-of-the-mill 
think about this when you write a character. Think about that when you write dialogue. Because you, you, you know, it's like telling someone, uh, think about the proportions when you're drawing. Think about, like, construction. You know, think about the, 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 the line action when you're animating and stuff. So it's like, like really basic. You know? and, and were those things that you looked at when you when the series but that's, got commissioned? Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's the level I was at when I started the show. So mm-hmm. pretty low. But did, um, <laughs> did Cartoon Network do anything to sort of help train you in like how to write a show or like one, Was there like a development they did period? Like, afterwards? Yeah, they, they were bringing awesome artists over from the US. Like for example, we got like this dude Don Shank. He came over to like talk to us about like design and um and and like storytelling and storyboard and stuff uh he's one of like the the super strong um sort of story artists over at pixar oh, okay. like and he was at cartoon network for a long time and he was the bomb and he still is by the way he's right, like right. a badass um there was this dude called aaron springer uh, who's a storyboard guy that's been working on Ren and Stimpy and Spongebob since forever. Mm. And he's like a young, uh, young, laid-back Californian dude. Yeah. Like, and he was so funny. Like, he was one of the funniest, like, guy I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Like, in terms of cartoons. Like, any drawing he would do would, yeah. like... Like, he did this thing called uh, Korgoth of Barbaria. Oh, I think oh, I've seen, seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... And that was like super funny at the time, man. Was that the, um, am I right thinking it's that it was like an Adult Swim show that never got made or something? Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah. Um, and well, it's, it was pilot basically right, for a right. show, and it yeah. never got made. Uh, and he's doing he's doing his own show at, uh, over at Disney right now. Okay. And our board supervisor Chuck Klein, like uh, who got married and decided to take his new wife and, uh, and her kids uh, moved back to LA and he's working on that show. So oh, I, think, right. I think it's going to be dynamite when it wow. comes out. Okay. Yeah. And so Cartoon Network sort of got these guys in, what, freelance to come and teach you guys? Yeah, so bit, they, would, they would bring them over and like the, the guys would do like little sort of master classes, I guess you could wow, say. And, awesome. like, and And I swear to God, like I absorbed a lot because they would do that and then they would like, look at the projects and give their feedbacks and stuff and and you know and they, they were like you know they're like some of the best uh guys in the business over i mean literally the best guys in the business over mm. in la so derek dryman and you know like chris riccardi all these dudes like they are like old school successes you know mm. like they've been working on like early cartoon network stuff early yeah. pixar stuff early dreamworks stuff like Wow. And they're still in the business as like the main guys you now. Right, right. So it was like really cool to learn from these these dudes. Oh, that's amazing. So when you started storyboarding the first episode of uh, Gumball, um, were you like, you just started drawing and then you finished it and then you're like, that's wicked, next one. Or was it, was uh, there kind of like... You mean a, like a, story a, was, and storyboard or like... I mean, when you're when you're coming up with the first episode of of Gumball the first season yeah like how did that go down was there like a review process were you kind of uh, agonizing yeah. over it or did it come out very quickly I'm still or agonizing over everything we do but um but I think season one was definitely like totally not like up to scratch you know I, like I watched it. it it's pretty funny man. Uh, it's not 
<laughs> it is. It's, it's holy. Not. It's not. <laughs> it, it's, it's because not. you made three or four other seasons afterwards that were yeah. better. <laughs> so are you thinking? Yeah, that? like it was just it, it just was not good enough. Like, and I think everyone involved with first season would would say the same thing. Like, we tried our best, but like we we messed up. We were like too uh, unexperienced and like not just not good enough at our job at the time you know in what in what, uh, what areas the right i just feel like the characters and the jokes and the pace and the look of the show and all that stuff like it just i mean if you look at like first season and second season of gumball like mm. the first one looks like some weird chinese knockoff speaking <laughs> like, of which uh, uh, we're gonna go on to that but yeah, okay <laughs> but um the, you'll hear more of that okay? <laughs> uh don't get ahead of us mate <laughs> all right <laughs> um but i think that sorry uh, yeah you no i was gonna something. say that um it but it kind of it has i mean i noticed in the second series the character designs changed mm-hmm in the, the first two guys mm-hmm. but and i think like the maybe the composite and the background kind of definitely improved oh but like yeah it, radically there was it wasn't isn't radical like it i mean it's still i would a say good backgrounds backgrounds and comp definitely radically uh improved right. like i mean but it's a it's a, still the, the template there for what it went on to be is yeah i mean but it's uh, you could you could really see season one as like some kind of test run really, right okay i would say but then you see like moments where you're like ah oh, we're peaking like it's what we yeah, want yeah. the show to be and then some other episodes where it's like, that's exactly what we shouldn't have done. Right, really. okay. But I think it was so different. I mean, there's nothing that I can really think of that was similar to Gumball when it first came out. I mean, no. the mixed media kind of nature of it. Yeah. like I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, stuff that must like, be pretty hard to uh, figure. Gorillas and stuff. Like, it was that kind of vibe. Yeah, but, that, but they weren't making series. No, you know, doing this is that, something I discovered. Doing that as a, pi- <laughs> doing that as a pipeline, like, you know, um, yeah. like 3D, 2D. Yeah, it was wild and ambitious and spunky. But, and yeah, and we really got battered along the way. But yeah. we definitely learned from it, though. Mm. And I think, like, really, when we, we got into season two, we were like, like a hardened, you know, mm. like team that could really take on the show we wanted to make this mm. time. And so you fit, you you kind of figured out like a pipeline, I guess. Yeah, the pipeline, but also the people, like and myself included, you know, like finally I knew what we should do, you know, mm. where I wanted it to go and stuff. Um, I wanted to ask about the um, one of for me, like I suppose I noticed it because I'm I'm an animator, but. One of the most distinctive things about Gumball is the style of animation in it. And I just wondered where... And it isn't that evident in the the, the test animation that was done. Like, what, where did that kind of... How did that hone itself into being so distinct? You, what, you mean the the mixture of designs? No, no, actually, like, uh, like so Gumball and Garwin. Oh, Darwin, just like but, the, the style of animation? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've always, like, loved animation that has like um like a definite visual but also like a pace and a style of posing yeah and you know i think style can apply not just only on like the the graphic style or the technique you're using but also on the the style of posing and the style of timing you're using you know 
Um, and I wanted to inject that into the show. I've and always been a big fan of like limited animation that's really punchy and fluid. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that's um uh yeah, that's one thing I like definitely noticed how like clever it was. It was you it would feel really full, but when you actually analyzed it it was quite pose to pose and mm-hmm. and like they were kind of like seemingly like flash set up characters yeah but, definitely but then when you wanted to there was still room to kind of draw in a different facial expression or mm-hmm. completely break that yeah the model and i, I just wondered where well, like, that's definitely is like that something the, that came from you or an animator or like i think it's definitely the the kind of style of animation that um uh, comes from like just uh hanna-barbera in general right but it got like transformed by various uh studios across time and mm. um one of them, which I thought was really successful at, at that, was um, "Je suis bien content." Um, uh, they did like a few stuff like that, where like very sort of okay, I can't remember like from the top of my head, but like um, like French stuff that you might not have seen here. Okay, but um, but they had this like limited style of animation, but suddenly like the facial expression would be like really in between and stuff. Yeah, or it'd be like you know um, les Lascar. Yeah, Lascar, yeah, yeah. You know, Did they like, do that? Yeah, I mean, it's that kind of style of animation, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Very chosen uh, posing mm. of, like, the, the, the character's attitude and then, like, a lot of effort and in-betweens go into the facial animation and yeah, the lip-sync yeah. and stuff. And then suddenly, boom, like, then you'll get, like, a serious piece of animation that's full animation. Yeah. And then, but it's it's spending the the effort where you want it to be spent yeah yeah and that, but that's also a very japanese way of animating yeah you know so yeah i mean we just stole from all the people who do good stuff and for cg definitely uh pokoyo oh yeah yeah which i think is like one of the most still to this day like one of the mm. most like awesomely animated tv show yeah like it's in cg up. it's like I see. I even see like the style of Pocchio in the two D as well, like mm-hmm. the pose, the pose, and yeah, I, yeah. I I remember kind of looking at studying Gumball and just being like, "This is so clever." I still think we should do more um, smears. Yeah, I think we like a bit of smear. I think you can go too far with that stuff, smears and stuff. I remember. Well, I guess it's a kind of stylistic choice. Yeah, you but it's so like pose to pose, isn't it? Yeah. Like that. Sometimes I'm like, ah, it's a tad too dry. But you know what I think, like what I thought was, because I remember being at school and like there was when some students learned about smears, every movement was just like a No, a you don't want it all over the place. I so mean, like, Johnny Bravo is the perfect example yeah, yeah, of like extreme of it, yeah. smearing. Isn't yeah. It? But what, one thing I found when I was like studying it that I was like, this is genius, is just the overshoot. So like you just pop into a pose mm. and then the Boop. ear would... And that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's amazing how much you... It feels like there was a whole action there. Yeah, you? your brain fills the gap, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm still impressed by that. Yeah, well, but that's the... You know, that's a lot of effort from all our animators and animation directors, and Mick included, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just quickly, I, want, I just wanted to uh, quickly come back to uh, pitching. Uh, yeah. How much pitching do you have to do these days? 
I mean, um, do, you, do you have to pitch anything at all? Do you have to pitch you episodes? You mean me personally? Yes. No, yeah. like nothing. I mean, uh, the episode... Uh, so you're just up on your pitch? throne saying yes and <laughs> no, no. turning your thumb No, no, I get down. notes and stuff like a ton right, of it. Right, right, but right. like, as you would expect. But um, but the, uh, every second pitch we get uh, Daniel, Daniel Leonard, who okay. was the helm of um, the development studio. He still works with us. Um, sort of like a consultant, basically. And, he, and he's like... Mm, he basically helps um, the the compliance notes. Uh, compliance and, and is compliance, which would be like standard in practice, I guess. It's basically like, okay, um, Darwin is using scissors. The the tip of the scissors have to be round. Uh, this character can be naked, but it has to be pixelated. Um, which is yeah, it's kind of a weird rule on Cartoon Network where you can show kids' butts, but not adult butts. Yeah. So it's like wow. Cartoon That's Network where you get to see kids butts, butts, but only the children. <laughs> it's like weird, right? I, I heard that. Uh, uh, I don't know why. That's just like one rule, I guess, because like a, a grown-up. But it's like can be seen as sexual, but a kid isn't, you know. Hopefully, a kid's one can't be. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I also heard a weird fact that you're like one of the only kids shows that has used the word nipples in it. So yeah, we just we were talking about this today because it was like another nipple joke in the script, and I just don't know why. I think it's like uh, it's just a freak accident. Like it's not. Something we planned, it just happened. The nipple guy. There's like a bunch of nipple jokes. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it, there's not one particular culprit who's particularly nipple focused, or not that I know of. But I don't know if it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a load of bullshit or not. But I've heard that. Yeah, like, how could they search? But no, but I've heard that like Adventure Time can't get the word. It's like saying the word nipple as well. Oh like, really? Yeah. That, that no. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, because yeah. Daniel was telling me that today. Yeah. I don't know what's up with that. So like, there's different compliance people in the UK and in America. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd get like notes from the US as well, but I guess the US doesn't get notes from the UK, who would be like, no nipples. Oh, so cool. that's that's why because your compliance comes through the UK and not the US. Yeah, but we get both though. Oh right. Mm. So it's even worse. Yeah, it's weird, man. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like it's yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't know what what's up with the nipple thing. It wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't planned. Yeah, <laughs> you need to do just a whole sh- episode on the nipples. Yeah, but it's funny that we were talking about it this very morning. Yeah, really? <laughs> so, uh, how much do you how much do you struggle with the compliance stuff? Is that a thing that you? Oh, I hate it. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, you you bust your chops to like get a script funny and working and stuff, and then suddenly you get a note which is like, oh, you're the whole episode relies on the character getting a tattooed of like something he shouldn't get tattooed and like and then they go well we can't have tattoos and you're like no <laughs> um so yeah i'm so I'm, do you find I'm, yourself i'm, I'm what, what's your strategy i mean personally i take it very poorly like i'm not uh, I'm not compliant with compliance <laughs> 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 but like um but yeah, no, I, I, I hate it. And Have you ever if, met him? 
Uh, apparently, I have. But <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I'm but really interested in what these people are like. Are no, they like I didn't completely... get. I didn't get to. I, I used to. Uh, I used to know the the one before we have right now. Like, okay. um, was it was a like a lawyer. A he was a lawyer, so he had much more of a. He had much more of an attitude, which was like I could, I could, argue, I could win that in court. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> so he wasn't like a Puritan. And like, a... yeah, no, he really wasn't. He was like covered in tattoos. He was like really cool. Oh right, yeah. okay. And he was he like, was he was a big fan of the show tattoos. as well. He was having okay. fun doing that. He was like a technocrat almost. And like so when when he was like, all right, no, you guys can do that. Come on, like would be like okay, yeah. But now it's different. Like it's a, it's it's, it's also you know the show got like. Um, more successful, like very successful. Really? So now we get like scrutinized a When lot did more. it get very successful? I would say like somewhere around like middle of season three. Okay. Like, I mean, it was, it was like good successful, but now it's like very successful. And so we're like, oh. Sorry to interrupt, but what does, what, what is very successful? Well, it's just like more uh, audience ratings, you know, like you get like more people watching the show, more mm. people talking about the show. And it gets more of like a, a I guess, some kind of a presence um, from a pop culture point of view. It's won a lot of BAFTAs, isn't it? Yeah, we, 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 yeah, we got a bit. Uh, did you, it, it was recently, did you win again? Yeah, we won one oh, congrats, last, last Sunday. Thanks. That's awesome, that's so good. That's for an episode I really like as well, I'm really proud of that uh, What's one. it called? Like, it's called The Shell. Okay. Uh, it's like when Penny comes out of her shell. It's, oh, it's right, really yeah, cool. and she starts like, like, shape-shifting and Yeah, stuff. and it's like yeah. full of like really cool animation. And everyone really worked super hard on that one, so yeah. I, was, I was really happy that we won it. You know? Oh, awesome. No, congrats, man. Mm-hmm. So how many BAFTAs is that now? Uh, that one was number six. Whoa! I know. It's crazy. Killing it. Yeah, it's crazy. Are they just like holding your books together in your flat? I don't know what I'm going to do with them. Now. Maybe doorstops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it like on the, on, the, on the pedal of the car of someone I want to kill, you know, by <laughs> yeah. a, a cliff. Yeah. I'll wedge the BAFTA yeah. there and like send them to their Trying door. to fake suicide. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, no, he dropped his BAFTA and died. <laughs> Does that have any um, influence on how popular it is? Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I think it's, it, it, it's I mean, it's obviously a mark of a, uh, appreciation from your peers in the industry. So it's like a big deal mm. personally and as an artist and stuff. Um, it's, but I, I don't know if it, if it makes a big difference in terms of like sales or any mm. of that stuff. Yeah. Or like more ratings, or I don't know. I, I I don't really look into that part of the yeah. business too much. I'm the guy who makes the show, and that's all I can do. Really. Yeah, that, that that's one thing I was going to ask about. Is um, for me, like Gumball out, out of like contemporary kind of kids series that's come out, Gumball and uh, Adventure Time are like my two favorites, and. Adventure Time has like saturated the merchandise market. Like I'll go into a like a Weatherspoons in like West London, and there'd be some guy wearing like an Adventure Time hoodie, and mm-hmm. there seems to be so much merchandise. And you definitely go that. to the hipster Weatherspoons. No, man, it was like a, <laughs> I don't know where like you a, find no, them. That was a crazy, like just a standard like Spooners, <laughs> yeah. man. And like mm-hmm. there's some guy wearing an Adventure Time hoodie. I was like, this is so okay. weird. Uh, no, it wasn't we're friends. Like, yeah, no. yeah. First off, we're in a weather spoon, <laughs> and you were an adventure. Yeah, I felt like buying him a pint. But um, <laughs> and like I and like I went to a show the other day, and it was like a soul artist. Uh-huh. And um, he, this is unrelated to the point I was trying to make, but uh, it was a guy called Thundercat, 
and mm. like he just started doing the outro music for Adventure Time. Oh yeah, and like everyone was just like, "Well, I don't know this song." And I was like, "This is fucking Adventure Time." Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but um, I, I like, there's no merchandise for Gumball, really. Like, there's. Like, oh, they're definitely working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's turning into a franchise. It's like, seri- yeah. but it's kind of serious. Why so late though? But it's just really serious business. Um, yeah. I think what the the problem was, uh, in all fairness, is the fact that it, it takes us quite a long time to produce episodes. Okay. And so they need a certain volume before they can commit financially to do a franchise. Right. So they need... Is it... They need the next amount of episodes? Like and, a bunch. Right. Like a solid bunch of episodes. And Adventure Time got there before you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, okay. way right. before. Like, they're doing, right. like, season seven or something. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. yeah. And they're, like... They're way ahead of us. Yeah. Because I feel like the... And they do 52 per season. Oh, right. And we're what, doing 40, you see. Right, okay. So we're, like, way behind. And that's literally the their math of how they... Um, well, that's the classic it. format of right. uh, uh, an animated TV what show. What number is that then? It'd be like 50 to 11 minutes, for example. Okay. Oh, no, but I mean... Or um, 26 half hours. But I mean, like, how many episodes needs to be produced before the merchandise guys go, okay, let's start. Well, that's the thing. If you stuff. do, like, 52 per season, then you're like... At, uh, okay, I have to do maths after drinking whiskey now. <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> You need like 456, I guess. Okay. Um, uh, and then it's like, oh, well, it's commissioned for a fourth one. Let's go. Like, I mean, this yeah. thing is clearly a massive success. People yeah, love yeah. it, you know. Whereas we're like, ah, oh, well, we've done a free season and it's 120 episode. Yeah. It doesn't look as cool, does it? Right. It doesn't sound like we're like killing it. Because Gumball merch would just be so. I like, I did. I. I, it just seems so like sellable to me. Like I remember, yeah. I, I like I like. Um, well, please buy it. Like I need, I need a. <laughs> no, nah, man. Like I when I a, went to, I need uh, a place for my child to live. <laughs> when uh, I sort of um, uh, gate crashed the it was like the season two party mm-hmm. rap rap party, and there was like gumball coasters. Mm-hmm. I was like nicking loads of those. I was like, these are amazing, so good, and I just want yeah, want stuff with that guy's face on, man. I want like mm-hmm. I want a little. Darwin doll or something like uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I did like we worked with this friend of mine called uh, Vincent Teixeira, who's like a really cool like uh, modeler dude. Okay, and we did this like really cool sort of like 3D versions yeah. of the Warsons. Like, I'm still waiting to see them, you know, yeah. somewhere. But like, I mean, it's definitely happening in okay, quite a few countries. Like, yeah. Japan is definitely on top of it. Oh, that's the reason, man. If you crack that market, and I don't know, does it like it's just so much of it? Like in no, Japan, it doesn't really, it doesn't even matter. But um, but yeah. it's mostly localized in like uh, the the south of Europe right now, like mm. Spain, Portugal, Italy. Wicked. And they're really doing like a bunch of stuff there. And there's some like fun fun things. They've done oh, like, some cool stuff. Are you involved much in that kind of stuff? I, I mean, I wish like I could do that, but realistically, there's just no time. Right. Like, if you make a show, either you go, I'm gonna make a He-Man show, and the whole show is geared towards like selling stuff. Yeah. Or you do a show that's a show. I mean, no offense, He-Man, but it sucked. <laughs> and I and I bought all your toys, so yeah. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you do a, a real show, then that's just all the time you have yeah. to do. Like, because every single bit of time should be spent on doing that. Yeah, because you know? no, I I always thought the whole point of 
where the or not the whole point, but like where the money where a big company sees the profit of a of a show is in the merchandise. They do, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of time for a show to be on air. You see, mm. like w- once you get to a certain number of episodes, then you're gonna be on TV for ages. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the kids uh, the kids grow up, but the new ones they grow up as well. And yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. it's good, like they'll keep watching. Just look at mm. SpongeBob. Like, yeah, yeah. Like kids are still watching SpongeBob yeah. just as much as they used to. So no, I definitely remember like. I was totally happy to rewatch episodes I'd already seen of like my favorite like Rugrats or whatever. Like, yeah, I, love I was it even too, stoked man. when like my favorite one came back on mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, no, it's, good. it's good to hear that the, the merch game's coming, man. Oh uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you you were at Comic Con recently, right? Oh uh, yeah, I went to the the French Comic Con. Uh, you did the you went to the one in London? No, as well, I no? wasn't the oh, one. Shit. Yeah, I wasn't I the one here. Up, I was sadly it happened. Like by the way, Comic Con, like please fix it, like. Because they should do the French one and the the English one at different times, right? Like, is that Japan Expo the one in France? Is that what it's called? Uh, no, no, it was Comic Con. Comic Con. Oh, it was called. Comic-Con yeah, it was like the well. first like official Comic Con branded no. one. Really? Yeah. So the one in San Francisco, sorry, San Diego is after the French one. No, no. Oh right. No, but it was the first one in France oh, this right, year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The first branded one because they have a big one called Japan Expo, which is sort of become yeah. A but similar now thing. it's like it's sort of like splitting. Like they're gonna do anime stuff and then they're gonna do Comic Con, Comic Con stuff. Have you ever done the US? No, Comic-Con? but I really want to. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Like, also, I have like plans for it. Like yeah. I want to do like a really cool episode with like a live orchestra or something. Wow. Oh, really? Like yeah, like because you know we have this awesome composer called uh, Ben Lockett. Oh right, okay. Yeah. And he like he can compose like like symphonic orchestra stuff. Really? And we've we've done like a couple of episodes that way. Really? Like he did the shell, for example, and it was all like recorded like, yeah. by a real orchestra and stuff. And wow. it was beautiful. Like wow. it was so good. And I'd love to do that, but live, you know, like right. and we show an episode that no one's ever seen. And it's like Oh, and it's and live like, scored. Suddenly in front of all the geeks, like like dudes wearing like you know suits like turn up with their violins and stuff oh, sit down cool. and like nail it that's awesome mm. that'd be amazing have you ever done like that stuff they do at the barbican which is um yeah. like for example i went to see one that was john williams okay so it was like snippets of john williams movies played by the london symphonic yeah. orchestra it was i, I went and cried. i went and saw um tech on concrete and plaid Oh, we're doing the score live with an uh, orchestra. Oh, yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah, yeah it definitely. Was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so when you were over in the French Comic Con, did you see any costumes? Any gumball costumes? Yeah, oh, there, really? was a, yeah. There, was a, there was a gumball. There was a gumball that came to the talk I did. Just the one. And I was like, <laughs> oh, come on, like, stand up and stuff. And the girl was like, I'm sorry, I don't speak French. And I was like, oh, no, what? Like, she thought, she, I guess she thought I was English or something. Oh, right. Did you get a picture of that? No, but because well, I was doing I the... I how you would look if you... I was doing the, the talk and I spotted her yeah. in the audience and was like, oh, my God, I have to stop right now. Like, there's a, there's a Gumball cosplay that's yeah. never happened to me in real yeah. life. Oh, really? And I was like, please stand up. And, uh, and she stood up and everyone took pictures of her. But I didn't get to take pictures because I was on stage. Oh, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she didn't go for like, you know, she went for like the, um, 
the anime girl, like cute oh, yeah. uh, Gumball version. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a massive blue head <laughs> made out of like, yeah, papier mache or something. <laughs> like, but uh, you must have seen cool, these though. things on Instagram and stuff, right? People must be getting yeah, dressed I've up as Yeah, I've seen some and it's like really exciting. Like, But you have to look at the fact that these are like characters that are not three-dimensional. Yeah. So it's like almost impossible for people to like come up with a costume that would be exactly the same. Yeah. So you're really disappointed, basically. With I'm disappointed in myself. I <laughs> yeah. should have done something that could be cosplayable. It would have been so much more fun. No, just people have to get more creative. Well, um, now we're sort of catering to the cosplay crowd. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Like, I, can, I can say we're doing a, an episode with a famous Japanese studio. Oh, who? It's it starts Does it have a four with and a C four it? and it ends with a C. <laughs> yes, no way. Really? Yeah, yeah. And they've done like a section of a really oh, cool mate, episode. That's so sick. Who's di- can you say who's directing it? Um, no, I can't. Okay. <laughs> when does it come out? Though. Yeah, you can yeah, say. Is it series four? It's in. Yeah, it'll be part of series four. Yeah. Do you know what, man? That's what also. Going back to my original compliment of like you guys, this I'll take all the compliments. Yeah, I'm going to give you bear. Don't worry, man. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. coming. But uh, you like recognizing talent and that, like that getting CRCR to do a section, like mm-hmm. boom, that was so sick, man. I was so stoked. Yeah, they did such yeah. a good job. But it's also, like, you know, like they're lovely and they're friends. Like yeah, we, yeah. We, we know Jeremy them. Jeremy worked. Like, on, yeah, I, yeah. I, Jeremy was yeah. an animator on the show when Me he too, lived in yeah. London at the time. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, also I love, I, I really do love like handing out sections of the show. Like, cause like, I get really? to, I get to work with people. Uh, uh don't worry. You're, <laughs> we've, we've accounted, uh, your rise to power. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we'd, yeah, I'd love to do, uh, something with you guys, oh, man, but I'd like, I'd like it to so be sick. like something specific, like. It's got to work with the story. Because that was a clever thing about the CRCR episode was it was about transitioning into the new actors, right? Yeah, so it was... And they're very good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, perfect. Like, this kind of, like, animated transitions. Mm. Like, that's almost their, their, like, trademark in a way, Mm. right? Yeah, I remember when... um, Because I met Paul... Uh, Paul Lacolli in CRCR uh-huh. uh, his first year when he studied at Goblin and I've stayed in touch with him mm-hmm. and uh, I remember when he was saying he was doing uh, some stuff for Gumball I was like oh my god this is so cool I was like so excited yeah to see they it. killed it yeah yeah but like where did you guys study I'm always curious because you're sort of like the, the Goblin type collective but from England which is like unusual uh we're all different places. The, the, uh, most of these guys, like Sam, Bjorn, James, and Wes, they all got their kind of... They got all their experience working on, like, a feature mm. in, in France. Uh, the, oh, no, it was in Sw- Scotland. It was the French... Yeah, production. The Illusionist. Yeah. Oh, The Illusionist. Okay, right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, so that's where oh, we so started out. hard. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah. the hard, old-school way. Okay. Yeah. yeah, pencils and paper, man. Yeah. yeah. For three years. Yeah, but it was good, though. I think we all, like, we all went to schools and won- and were wishing they were like the Goblin. Yeah. And everyone was, everyone was looking at those before... It was before YouTube, so it was all those... Mm. Those yeah, on their files on, on the Goblin. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just like, how in the fuck are these guys doing this stuff yeah. at university? And it was I still like, don't understand that's you how needed to, do, to, like, to raise frank. your game. Uh, yeah. Um, 
but that's a that's a really interesting thing and like and cartoon network are totally up for letting you get other people involved because because um is it david o'reilly and who else has done stuff for uh is it adventure time oh uh uasi yeah uh, uh, has done done an episode as well Mm -hmm. that's cool that it's getting like shipped out to all these different people and they're all yeah i agree i think uh, you know it's really nice now that it's not like oh it's japanese animation or american animation or you know british animation it doesn't have to be like the snowman or disney yeah, or yeah. like you know yeah, yeah. akira it's like yeah it's you know you can just like get stuff mixed up and like through the internet and festivals and stuff like people are really open to collaborations mm-hmm. and i i find that really exciting on gumball also it's a massive relief because we don't have to do it ourselves right so it's like you know we're like well here's that bunch of money this is the amount of time you got for that episode mm. we know you're going to kill it off you go, kill yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah. know. How, who who got in touch uh, from Studio Four C? Was it you or them? Can you talk about that? Um, okay, uh, we went through the. I mean, I was trying to get in touch with Trigger at the mm-hmm. time because I thought oh, it was yeah. more like their vibe because mm. it's like a fight sequence. Is that a Mashi? Uh, what's his face? Yeah, what's his name? Sanki Mashi. Uh, Hiroyuki Mashi, right? Yeah. Yes. And they were like really game. They really wanted to do it, but. Um, but they were overbooked and they couldn't get the animators and stuff. Right. So sadly, not with them this time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like uh, uh, Studio 4C was like, yeah, all right, let's do it. I don't know if you've seen what they've done with... Uh, oh, motherfuckers. Berserk. Oh, no. Have you seen that? Because like, they, like, they did the animation on it and I was like, What? That is insane. <laughs> this is where we need Wes, isn't it? And yeah, they did uh, Motherfuckers as well. Yeah, that looks mm. that's looking so good. I can't wait for that, man. Yeah. Do you remember the original? Uh, yeah, the, thing? the comic book, man. No, but they they made an animated thing of it. It was in 3D. oh, like a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Toon shaded. Yeah, Toon shaded. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. but you know, the movie apparently has been done like for ages, and they were waiting for a distributor and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so it's been finished for a while. Yeah, it's been completed for quite a long time. Oh, now, right. Apparently. Sure. Yeah. It's Tuka who told me that. Oh, really? Mark. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mark we, knows everything. We sort of know him, but don't know him. Oh, you should meet up yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, like he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. We, were, we were really proud that it's Mark Aguest, right? He runs uh, yeah, Katsuka. Uh, yeah. And he was uh, he was wearing a, a Ninja Rabbit uh, oh, yeah. t-shirt while he was interviewing you at the... Uh, yeah, he loves you guys. Oh, my God. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, but, yeah. Oh, that was a question I was going to ask. I completely forgot. Well, hey, yeah. it, there, there is one thing that we have to talk about with yeah. uh, crossovers still, yeah. and that's Miracle Star. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm just going to say what one thing. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing. No, you need to say more than one thing. <laughs> what comes around, uh, you know, what goes around comes around. <laughs> oh yeah. And like, the gauntlet is dropped. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm writing that episode next week. I've written the structure for oh, it. Oh, man. The Miracle Star episode. The claw's coming out. <laughs> and I'm going to steal their characters. <laughs> uh, for for people it, who man. don't know, and do you want to explain? And let's see what the lawsuit will look like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do, um, do you want to explain what it is? Oh, so Miracle Star is like a weird, um, like, powdered goat milk company it seems from china 
Like I think I think that's literally what it is. Like it's a Chinese. Goat. They sell goat milk and 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 kegs. Like it's the powder. goat milk like, gumball, basically, right? Yeah, and basically what they did is like they they took like entire scenes of gumball and like traced them with like slightly different designs. Uh, to sort of advertise the the powdered, <laughs> the powdered goat milk, but they're episodes, right? They're yeah, like, and they're really... like very developed, like like yeah. kind of long format com- uh, commercials. Yeah. yeah, so pretty weird, but you know, I got a plan. And oh, how, so... how, how did you find out about them? Uh, some some kids on Twitter were like, "Oh my god, have you seen that?" And I was like, "What?" Was she pissed off, or was she kind of like, "No, it was I mean." Funny? You know, I was I, I I thought it was really funny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it was so weird. And I, also because I don't pre- speak Chinese, so I had no idea what it was about. I was like, "What is the story about?" Because yeah, like yeah. the character was vomiting in one shot, and then like, <laughs> you know, like I was really curious. But it was like literally traced, like from yeah, yeah, like yeah. from. Also, they sadly took season one, which I'm not so happy about. <laughs> but, uh, maybe that's what you're thinking of when uh, you don't like season one. It's the goat milk advert. But they did it better. Oh, mate, you, should, you know how you got, you got 4C to do an episode? You got CR, CR to do oh, an episode. Shit. You should totally outsource it to them, man. I'll, I'll approach them. <laughs> because With a like, lawsuit. <laughs> no, no, no lawsuit, man. Just, just uh, all, all fun. All fun. Yeah. You're like, mate, we can do this show cheaper now. <laughs> We but we're gonna China. we're gonna rip into that. Oh, I can't wait, man! I can't <laughs> wait. Look, we're gonna rip through it. <laughs> but um, what were Cartoon Network? Have you made Cartoon Network aware of it? Uh, but like probably like... some fans or something did. But I mean, like, like you haven't tried to get them sued or anything like that. Nah, I don't care. That's no, right, right, fine. Right. Also, you uh, you can't sue China for uh, counterfeiting. <laughs> like, I, like I mean, let's be honest. Like it's. Yeah. It's a Nouroboros yeah. kind of situation here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that's going to be wicked. That's so. Uh, that's such a good idea. Is that your idea to um, yes. come back with the claws? Of course. Oh, wicked, man. I can't wait. That's going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll be funny. But I can't tell because basically I've only written the structure. I, I haven't written the episode, but... I guess there's one last question that I have, really. Um, Tim might have more still, but um, it's... Uh, it's like how 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 do you deal with something that's gone on for so long? Because I guess it must be like at a certain point, it must be a little bit um, long. Yeah. <laughs> how long's it been? Since the... I don't think I've been on it for like seven years or so. Yeah, but does it ever sort of weigh weigh on you? Yeah, but it's like I yeah it does like you know it's like eating ice cream every day for breakfast for the rest of your life. I've asked Sounds for cool. that, you know. Um, so in a sense, yeah, it, it it becomes like kind of a weight. Mm-hmm. Artistically, I want to do other things, but um, but at the same time, I still think we're doing new things with the show that are fun to develop and actually see happen in real life. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I think I would have abandoned the show if it, if it felt boring to me by now. Um, but, yeah, no, the, the you know, uh, I'd like to do something new, yes. And have you got other stuff up your sleeve? Yeah, i got a few things. Are you um, contractually obliged to stay on it 
for a certain amount of seasons? No, no, it's uh, season for season. So that's how we discuss it. Well, do you, could you see yourself eventually sort of stepping back and taking a bit more of a creative director role or an executive producer role and, and letting? Yeah, I mean, I have trouble working that way. I like to. That's what Pendleton Ward's done with Adventure Time. Yeah, time, right? it, uh, it's uh, Adam now, isn't it? Who's mm. in charge of the show, and I think he's doing a great job. But do you think you could see yourself doing that? Possibly, like, but I think it would be an all or nothing kind of deal. You know, either I do it or either I don't. Mm. Like, I, I don't think I can, like, sort of sprinkle myself over right, it. Right. That's just not how I work on yeah. stuff. So, like, yeah, it would be, like, I stop at this point And, like, you guys are more than welcome to continue mm. with the show. But, like... What, me and Tim? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm sort of nudging it your way. <laughs> you guys, you know, like, the, the English goblin dudes... <laughs> Like, it's your vibe. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't, like, just be given notes, for example. I yeah, don't yeah. think it would be, like, a mm. successful, yeah. um, like, involvement from my part. I'd feel frustrated. And do you see yourself eventually doing that? Uh, stopping the show? Not stopping the show, but say, like... I mean, myself you know, not being season, part of the show. Yeah, say it got to season 10, and you were like... I'd, and it was... Like, I'm not going to do... Uh, the show up till season two. <laughs> okay, but say that Cartoon Network were like... <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. But say the Cartoon Network were like, we wanted to keep going with it. Would you just go, okay, I'll help put a team in place and step aside? Would you be happy to do that? Or would you just want to be like, no, I well, don't want to be amazed. We're sort of doing that, you know? We're yeah. sort of are doing that. Yeah. But, but then it's about like, who wants to take on this kind of beast? Because mm. it's just really hard to make, you know? It's mm. like... It's not like a well-oiled machine that you can just like hop on and drive. Right, right, right. It's a mindfuck that sucks. <laughs> so so would like, you be upset if someone took the keys to the Ferrari and then crashed it? But that's the thing. It's not a Ferrari. It's uh, it's uh, you know, it it can be a Ferrari. Like if everyone if everyone makes it a Ferrari, but it's not it's not keys in hand. Like yeah, you yeah. just have to like pull everything together all the time yeah it's a runaway train but that's that's what it is but that's for it to be (laughs) quality like i think something like this i think the simpsons has just got garbage now and it's just because there's so many generations of people i'm still jealous of their jokes though Uh, i swear to god you still watch it sometimes and you, you still rate like the new simpsons episodes I mean, write them. Like, you mean compared yeah. to the golden age yeah. for, of Conan and stuff? Do you, do you still now look at say, The Simpsons um, and laugh? Yes, like sometimes, but even Family Guy and The Simpsons, sometimes I, but I look at it from like a very for, uh, forensic point of view. Right, yeah. Which is like, wow, that was like really well crafted, really well mm. ended. And I'm like, I mean, th- to an extent, there's always going <laughs> to be like some nice moments in it, but it definitely isn't what it was. And it's, I feel like that is because it's changed mantle so many times, but like, would you be happy for it to keep going and lose quality? Because mm. it, it could, I mean, once you've set up the... I think as long as it's not my responsibility mm. and I'm like getting royalties. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, keep it going, man. Yeah. Keep, keep it going, man. Keep <laughs> yeah, it going. Forever. Mickey go, Mouse Gumble goes to space. Yeah, keep why not? Yeah, going. Mickey Mouse it to death. Just uh, go for it. That's one thing I was going to ask earlier, but it's, the conversation moved on, is that because you guys were creating the properties 
under the with in Cartoon Network and with their money, did mm-hmm. they automatically own everything you created? Oh yeah, definitely. Right, okay. that's how it works. I mean, you get like a share, but you don't you don't own it. But like, if they hadn't uh, bought it, mm. then I could have gotten it back. But for later as, on, but as I understand, it, it if they've spent if they've had any investment in its development. For another company to take it on, they have to reimburse that. Yeah, if, if someone else buys it, they have yeah. to pay for the development costs. Right, right, right. Yeah, okay. costs. Yeah, yeah. And that's what they would have to do. Do you think if it hadn't have taken, if they hadn't have bit, you would have pursued with it trying to get it made elsewhere, or would have you just been like, oh, I don't know, it wasn't that good? I, yeah, I probably would have given up. Really? Well, if they didn't like it, I wouldn't have gone. No, this is the show the world needs to see. <laughs> I didn't, you know, after yeah. years and years in commercials, never yeah. winning anything. Yeah. I think I would have gone. Well, I guess one more they don't want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that would God, have. I, I think that would have been my attitude. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, honestly, like, uh, there's very few shows I have time. I mean, like, the, the kind of older I got and the more I work in animation, the more I want to watch like live action stuff. And there's very mm-hmm. few shows, cartoons I still watch that are episodic. And uh, Gumball's definitely one of them. And my girlfriend's such a massive, massive fan. So you are a stoner then? No, I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just an alky. Because we've got like a weird like uh, cult following thing going on with like um, like kids in uh, college. Really? And bizarrely, um, rap stars. No way, like who? Like Tyler, Tyler the Creator. Oh, really? He's into Gumball? He's obsessed. Oh my God, that's awesome. Has he mentioned awesome. it in any... Uh, yeah, yeah, he here? mentions it in interviews and stuff. Oh, have you, have you met him? his big voice. Huh? Have you met him? No, I've never met him. Maybe but you I'm, should get I'm, him in a show. I really want to, man. Like, I'm writing an episode for him. But he's, made it, he's made it really hard, though. Oh, okay. He got himself banned from England. Oh, Why? don't know for like i mean to be honest i think it's gonna get lifted like for lyrics he wrote on goblin back in the days and oh really yeah yeah i, oh, I think it's a travesty so, so how, how does it's that a travesty it? of justice and censorship yeah how does that make it hard because you you'd want to record well because you know you need like a right? network to back it up like i mean it's not my money like I need people who go, well, yeah, let's do this episode like with Tyler, the creator, because he's awesome. But he is I can't, I can't, I'm going to make talent. Oh, he is totally awesome. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. But like, yeah, like I have to like find a way to make that work. Yeah. Wow. But also I really want that episode to be done by uh, Becky and Joe. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that'd, that'd be incredible. Be so yeah. Have you talked to them yet? Yeah, yeah. We've been talking for a while, but like they're really busy with uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared right yeah. now. But and would you get them to do the whole episode? No, like a section, a section. again. Yeah. Oh, like a so Like sick. a guest, like kind of a DJing. Song. Oh, man. Yeah. That I think would, would be really cool. What? Oh mate, I'm getting I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit excited now. With Tyler, <laughs> yeah, right? Becky, Becky and Joe show. and Tyler. Oh, wow. That's an amazing position to be in, to be just kind of like picking. Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd still have to pay him. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, but amazing. But in a way it's good because like it's also like takes the weight from that part of production for us. Yeah, it yeah. actually makes economical sense. Like yeah. it works. Like <laughs> the only other question I had was um, you said that about five times now. Yeah, because I'm, I haven't got the question <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, it, it is, uh, was there any pressure to do the show in the US? 
the production? Mm, no, because, because no the, one really ever asked me to do that. Right. But then how comes the show is they're Americans? That's just the, the show I wanted to make. Oh, right, okay. Because yeah. it, was, it was based off, like, um, sitcom archetypes. Right. You know, the jock, the, you know, like, the nerd, the the pretty girl with glasses, like all mm. that stuff. Like it was, it was all like cliches I used cause I obviously didn't know how to write a story. <laughs> so I thought I'm going to steal from the most obvious stuff and yeah. then like put a spin on it. You know, mm. that's, that's how it was created. And so were those British comedy archetypes or American? I would sitcom? say American. Definitely. Yeah. So what were the sort like of American main, sitcoms? What stuff, were the main you know? sitcoms that you were, you were referencing at that point? Um, I guess, like, if you looked, uh, if you look at just the family, I would say like something like Roseanne, okay, <laughs> or Married with Children or something, yeah, yeah. you know, like, um, and then just like the general like atmosphere is just like literally just any sitcom, like. You know, like a, a school sitcom, like you could say Freaks and Geeks or oh, like yeah. any of that stuff. Because um, Guillaume mentioned uh, Seinfeld was uh, an influence. Yeah, I love Seinfeld, obviously. Um, I mean, I love the neurotic sense of humor of Seinfeld. Mm. But, like, I don't know if it directly applies to Gumball. But, mm. like, it sort of does in the sense it's not that a family it starts dynamic, with, like, mini stuff. It's like, oh, I hate it with this guy, like, chews his pen and he sucks the spit inside the yeah. cap. You know, like, it's like focusing on little neurotic stuff that mm. everyone can understand. Yeah. Know? But, um, but otherwise it was more like the broad stuff. I mean, you can look at Gumball and it's like the same sort of structure as like happy days, you know? Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. And did you, when did you start, wise, when you did know? you start watching those series? Was it, was well, happy days was on TV in France, like and married I, with the children and when stuff I was well? eight. Like, yeah. Married with children, like was on when I was like 11 or 12 or something. Because I don't think that got played in the UK, did it? Wasn't Happy it? Happy Days, yeah, yeah. No, Married with Children. Uh, it was like a Sky One thing. But you it's funny that song? you say that now. Like, I, the, Their front room really feels yeah. like the front room yeah, of that. Yeah, see, like, that was like one of the things that, yeah, 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 like the sofa and the stairs going up like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. The, the, the entrance from the right-hand side, yeah, the kitchen's yeah. on the left. Yeah, it's yeah. like the same, actually. Yeah. But... What I meant was like one of the biggest influence, like in and like specifically from England for the show was Spaced. Oh really? Yeah. So good, man. I know, I love it. Like, and I discovered that when I when I started bunking up with English dudes when mm. I first came to England, and like my English roommates were like, "Okay, we're gonna sit down, smoke a joint, and like watch mm. Spaced, mm. and then we're gonna watch Jam, and then we're gonna watch like oh, you know, what's Jam? I haven't seen Jam." That's uh, Chris, Chris Morris. Morris madness. Fucking it's awesome. Dark, it's really weird, but it's, it's really, really fun. Dark, but it's super dark as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's mega dark. It's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's dark. All right. Okay. It's like unacceptably yeah. dark. But I'm waiting for that episode, that uh, reference in the Gumball episode. Well, there's a hamster called uh, Chris Morris in the show. Oh, right. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, crap. Yeah, but I think like a big influence on all that was uh, this golden age of comedy like that happened in England, like mm. in the two thousands, like yeah. you know stuff like I mean you look at it, it was awesome. There was like um, spaced, um, the office, um, Mighty Bush, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, you can even say like Flight of a Concourse because they're all yeah, like, yeah. you know, sort of Edinburgh dudes. Um, yeah. Have you ever been to Edinburgh Festival? No, never. I really have to. I don't know if I'll survive it, though. <laughs> I'm worried about dying there. What, the, to do stand-up? No, no, I wouldn't dare to do stand-up. You're just drinking. I mean, I really want to. Yeah. Like, I really want to. Yeah. But I don't think I could. A couple of the writers on your show are stand-up dudes, right? Yeah, they are, yeah. Like Toby, for example, who yeah. does stand-up. Um, Has Guillaume done stand-up yet? Guillaume no. is hell-bent on trying. Yeah. Last time I spoke to him, he was like, he's nah. the same. He's the same as me. Like, it's not my... Um, it's not my native language. Like, I'll never have that, like... Do you think you'd be nervous stand-up? That you need... Well, you need to, like, improvise. <clears throat> you're in front of a live audience. Like, some asshole is going to heckle you. Or, like... Or just you're going to feel weird all of a sudden. And you have to, like, read the crowd. Like, look at their faces and figure out what kind of background they have to, like, make them laugh again. And I don't know if I have the cultural background to do something like that. I think that's... And also, culture, it's like, it really is about, like, um, just putting yourself in front of people. Mm. And I'm an animator, man. I'm too yeah. ugly and shy to do that. <laughs> That's why I'm doing animation. I don't think stand-up comedians are notoriously, like, good-looking dudes, though. Like, yeah, whenever I, I listen, you could look at it that way. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Whenever I listen to, like, interviews with stand-ups, they're always, like... Uh, like consider themselves to be like highly insensitive, highly emotional, like outsiders, and mm-hmm. it just seems like the complete opposite, instinctual, instinctually opposite thing to do. Yeah, to they're like the, the most alpha of the nerds. Yeah, right, king of the dipshits. You know, yeah, but yeah, no, I admire that. It's just like I, I don't, I get really nervous when I have to like talk in front of a crowd. Mm. It's a different thing, a live crowd, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I've, I've never really done it. Like on something like Gumball, we're doing that in slow motion, you know? Right. And we have time to readjust everything. It's like in the Matrix, we're like, oh, I'm going to move that bullet there. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't land in my dick. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, uh, I know I said I only had one more question, but I, co- I have got one more question. <laughs> I'm like Columbo. Uh, just one more yeah, thing. Just one more thing. My wife. My wife loves you. Um, ha, you. You mentioned that you've got ideas for maybe doing other things. Other stuff. Is yeah. any of that in development? No, not for now. Okay. I mean, yeah, maybe soon, but okay. like nothing right now in development. Okay. Cool. Right now, it's all gumble. Seven years and counting. All Mate. systems going. Congratulations, man! It's amazing. Well, I'm. I'm glad you like it because it took me seven years to make it. <laughs> yeah, is it? People say being a uh, series, uh, what is it? A showrunner's the hardest job in Hollywood. Is, is that, it now? Is it? it I don't would, think would you it say, is. Would you say? It's I think hard? being like a Mexican gardener is like way harder. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but we don't. But surely Hollywood. those assholes have a different <laughs> point of view on it. Oh, it must, it must be, it must be so tough going for those that. constant meetings in the polo lounge. Like, God, yeah. what a nightmare. Oh my God, I'm such a showrunner, man. Like, it's unbearable. Having to expense all those yeah. $15 cocktails uh, <laughs> yeah. to the company account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, clearly they know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh, wicked. All right, I think that might be a good point to wrap it up. Dude, 
Thanks so much, All right, much, buddies. Man. It was a pleasure. It's Thank you so for having good. me. No, man. So, <laughs> so pleased we finally got to do it. All right. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Sorry for all the nonsense. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.